This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Can confirm time, everybody. My name is Garnet Lee. Great to have you here with us this week. Have a uh, excellent show coming up for you. Although my uh, partner in crime is only here for the first half of it. Got to cut out. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. No, no. Gotta break a leg. No, he is. Uh, he's got another awesome audition for another cop part. Yeah, let's not go into it. I probably won't get it. So, <laughs> but still, uh, <laughs> moving so on. It's another cop part. It's just part of the part of the job is going to these auditions. Jeff, you know, maybe you should just go to police school. There's an idea. You could be a cop. Okay. You could be a real cop. Make a little you money. Be real. Go to a police academy, if you will. <laughs> you could go. You could go I don't know police. how to do sound effects with my face. So That's I why can't. you go to the academy to learn. Oh, I see. So yeah, the uh, voices there that you hear, in addition to Jeff, would be uh, the fabulous Nicole here. Hey. As promised for some Pokemon talk. <laughs> and uh, interestingly enough, Jeff Kanata is the sole person who brought. Right here. Look. Brought his 3DS. Look. He's the only one on, to- oh. on top Look of it. Look what it's in. That's Look what's in there. That's a mighty small 3DS. <laughs> it's it's a, a regular size. I have the same small black Fun one size. Also. <laughs> See this? Okay, guys. With my own money, I bought the Pokemon. Why? Why? I got Y because I wanted the answer. I wanted the answer. <laughs> yeah. I bought X because I'm a girl and I figured, you know, XX chromosomes. That was, oh, nice. That was my done. thought process. I didn't even think about I that. I also like red. <laughs> <laughs> so what did red have to do with it? Red, red. Why is the red one? Black is the oh, X one. Oh, on the case. <laughs> Black is the X one? Yeah. Mm. Uh, no. <laughs> I learned it by watching you guys. Fail. And, and uh, I went out because Garnet gave me the homework assignment. I went out and I picked up Y at the store. You didn't download it money. from the shop? No. Oh. I, I put it, the cartridge in. Yeah, you did. It's right here. In no, you, are you it's, are you advising the uh, download version? Nicole? It's really easy because I it had mine easy. pre-ordered since like September to like have mine delivered, and like Amazon was like, "Oh yeah, it comes out Saturday. You'll get it the following Friday." And I'm like, "You're not going to get my money now." Yeah, Amazon's so, really ridiculous with those odd release, release just, tables. For some for some major titles, they will have it to you day of. And for like for Pokemon, they're like, well, when know, we feel like it. They had a very rocky relationship with Nintendo. Least, yeah. That yeah. appears to be solving itself. If you notice this week, Amazon started directly selling 3DS XLs. First yeah. time they've had hardware direct from Amazon since uh, the since the whole return gate over over Wii. We got we got lots of gates coming up. By the way, at the end gates. of the table, <laughs> rocking rocking the uh, Ocarina T-shirt. That's Ozzy. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. nice. Hello. <laughs> So we got lots to get to today. I want to make sure we get to Pokemon while you're still here. But I, I mean, I don't what have much to. I oh yes, you do. All right, don't <laughs> don't say that. Oh, don't sell yourself short. Don't say that. Oh, trainer in training. That's me. I'm a trainer in training. Trainer in. I training. can teach you. Please do. You're like your sensei, <laughs> sensei trainer. But before we get into that, I I, I want to uh, talk about some of these other things. Like, did you guys check out Resolution Gate this week? I well, I, I I saw your Twitter stream. Which oh was boy, pretty much all I needed was, to read. Was, was that exciting or what? <laughs> that was pretty exciting. <laughs> Stirring it up, Garnett. Lee. I, I, you know, it was it was it was originally a rhetorical, well, not a rhetorical. Originally, it was actually a curiosity question because okay, so back up a little bit. Rumor, rumor, breaking rumor. 
<laughs> rumor alert. I don't, I don't know how you have a breaking rumor. No, it's still you a rumor. do. Uh, there's a big rumor that's been circulating that the Xbox 720 or the Xbox One. Sorry, I did that backwards. The Xbox One is actually the Xbox <laughs> 720 because it's internally rendering games at 720p's instead of 1080p's. And there's an elaborate explanation of how this can actually be, you know, uh, verified through pixel counting. Uh, obviously, I mean, one, the so, big so, deal about it, right, is that Ghosts supposedly is going to be 720p on the on the one and 1080p on the PS4. Right, and this it, is the right controversy that it's yes, that it's being rendered in 720p inside the one and in 1080p inside the PS4. And what would the reason for that be? Like they only developed it for the Xbox 360 and was like, hey, processing power. Here's another I mean, one. The, the implication is that the processing power is not there to run it at a native 1080p inside the Xbox. So the rumor, though, the rumor is is so unsubstantiated, at least know, last time I checked Where is this it, coming it, from? Well, I think, were, I, think the, I think the more salient point is that um, even if it's true, uh, it, it I think the broad implication that you're outlining, it, it may be that the Xbox One does not have the processing power to... Um, do that specific game or some specific games as they are currently written right now. Sure. At I a, know what you're getting at. The, the, these but are I, not, I, I these are illustrate, not, this I, is not I, hardware that people have been working on for a long time. Well, I even want to illustrate the, the funny part about the, the rumor is, so keep in mind, Gaff has a number of developers who post on the site. Mm-hmm. And so there are handles that are thought to be, although oftentimes they're not documented because no one wants to admit that, yes, I am so-and-so who works at such-and-such studio, who are thought to be people who work at studios who either by not denying confirmed so in other words their their silence or their quiet silence or their oh i'm not going to say anything about this is is some kind of tacit admission to it or or some a couple of folks who actually said uh yeah this is the case that they're rendering at 720 so that all having been said the the fact of the thing is or not the fact because this is all about nothing about this is factual right now my 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 twitter uh comment that i threw out was do you get upset when you watch, you know, ABC on your television as opposed to CBS? Because there was a big division, and there still remains a division in broadcast yeah, CBS has HD no, and CBS. You know, <laughs> CBS and uh, CBS and NBC broadcast in 1080i, and ES, uh, ESPN, ABC, and Fox broadcast in 720p. Now, if you're going over a cable box, of course, it's all compressed. And But my point was that, do you really get upset? Because most of you, if you have a television that's larger than probably 30-inch class, it's a 1080p screen. So by the, whatever, whatever signal is fed into it, it's going to upscale it to 1080p. So the big thing here is that the argument is then that, CO, that, that ghosts and anything else on the one that's rendered in 720p is going to have upscaling artifacting. So it's going to look not quite as pretty as something that's rendered in native 1080p. But then the bigger thing is that then you can take from that that the 720, that the Xbox One is not powerful enough to be competitive in this. Uh, yeah, so kind of there's, like, there's, there's like a bunch of different things happening all here, and let's try to unpack them quickly. Uh, first of all, whether or not it's a rumor, we, whether, we, we are not able to debunk the rumor, and I don't think any of us here are defending... A company, or th- we're, we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to state that nothing, none of this has been substantiated. Okay. Yeah, I've got so, no defense for it. I mean, right. So let's say if it is true that on one system you can play Ghosts at 1080p and on one system you can play Ghosts at 720p, I am going to buy the one on the system with, with 1080p every time. Me personally, every time, regardless of company, regardless of anything else, I want 
the highest resolution I can get on my console. Especially at launch, where I have two consoles that do the job pretty well, I'm not going to pay for a new console that does things basically the same. So, I want, the, I but, want a huge so, upgrade. But that having been said, how much crisis do you really think there is if both of them are running, if both of them are running 60 frames per second mm-hmm. and one of them is taking 720p and upscaling it to 1080p and one of them is taking 1080p, how much... You sitting on your couch looking at the television, do you really think you're going to be able to see the difference? I bet I would. I bet and I even wouldn't. if I didn't, I'd know it. And knowing it is bad enough for me. See, now that battle. I do agree. I do agree that, that that thing sticking in the back of your head would just eat away at many people, myself included. It would eat away at me too. I'd be like, God, you know, did and you it, see that? Do you think that that doesn't look as good as it's supposed right. to because it's not rendering it as it could be like that? It could be. I would, like, I would like, blame it for like my lack of skills. Like, oh, I didn't shoot the guy in the head. Oh, this was rendered correctly. I have that disease of wanting the best possible experience. When I go to the movies and I see a movie in 3D and I sit down and the movie starts and I go, oh, crap, they didn't brighten the lamp bulb in this i should have gone to a different theater or vice versa when you go to a 2d and they left it on the 3d setting and it's all blown out yeah so i mean i'm always trying to ensure the best possible experience for myself so that has nothing to do with brand loyalty that just happens to do has to do with me wanting the best possible experience i will also take issue with you on the comparison of tv versus video game resolution i think okay i think video games tend to be easier it's it's easier for me to have an issue with a lower resolution in a video game than it is on television and i think that it's just a nature of the images that you're looking at because there's like these precise straight lines that are rendered by a computer whereas television is you know captured with natural real world exactly and so i i personally see a big difference when I play a game at a lower resolution than a higher resolution, even on my television, even sitting on my couch a few feet away. But again, you're not, here's the thing. You're not seeing it at a different resolution. Your screen is a 1080p screen is a 1080p screen. It doesn't matter. It's not true per pixel 1080p. It's exactly pixels have been doubled or whatever it is, but they're not doubled. So the funny thing is, if you go into this scientific discussion that NeoGAF guys had about how you can tell it involves pixel counting and you take a line that is very close to horizontal and you look at how many time it stair steps. And if it stair steps in one to one ratio with the with the screen resolution, then, you know, it's 1080. But if this if the if the stair stepping is like two and then three and then two and then three, you can use a formula and calculate what the internal rendering is at. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that you're sitting in your couch and you can look across at a screen that's being rendered and and differentiate that? I, I just find that he can't. That is an amazing degree when, of fidelity knows, to be able to perceive. He can't get past it. Maybe maybe on a 60 inch or above television. I start to think. You know, maybe because at that point in time, the pixels are getting pretty big and maybe you could see it. But it's just it's you're not actually seeing the game in 720p. You're still seeing it in 1080p. You're just upset because it's rendering it at 720p and there's some upscaling going on. I mean, good Lord, Call of Duty has been being rendered, rendered at what, 533 by some nonsense. Remember, it's been yeah. it's been internally rendered at some low number and upscaled for since Modern Warfare. Right. No, I I will grant you this part of your argument in that. It's a whole lot of energy spent on very little. It's a, it's a whole lot of uh, excitement and, and outcry over really what is, is going to be a negligible difference either way. It and is, not true, potentially. Potentially not true. But, even <laughs> it, but if we grant it as true, if we just talk about the topic as if it were true, I still, if I'm going to spend my dollar, I want the one that's going to be 
rendered at, at true 1080p. Absolutely. And I think the real, the big thing here is that there are a number of people who are still really, really concerned about the hardware capabilities of the Xbox One. Now, that part to me is silly. I don't know. That That's the part that actually makes the rumor part. I throw that part out. It's the I think you have a legitimate reason to be concerned. Yeah. Isn't that like the, I mean, you're the, spending the crux 500 of this bucks. whole conversation? Is that, that is the it's crux. not. It's like I want to cut through the bullshit about whether or not the 720p because, rendering versus the 1080p matters. I want to get to is the Xbox One going to be powerful enough to be competitive throughout this because cycle? the Because the g- game that it was not designed on that system, the system didn't exist when that game started to be designed. It's so weird. We have like the opposite spin on both of them. But these. didn't it work? I mean, it works on the PS4 correctly. So why? Sure, but we don't know. I mean, I'm not an, uh, a me- mechanical engineer. I can't tell you why it works. There, It may, may very well be that the, the PS4, PS4 architecture is, is able just, to brute force it. Well, it may be, very well be that it's, it is significantly more powerful and over the lifespan of the xbox one we come to realize that it's not as you know that there really is a huge difference i suspect however that i mean if you look at the the game launch titles for the xbox 360 and compare them with even a year later it's a hell of a difference oh, and, yeah. and there's it's still going to be that i don't disagree and i think the thing that i think the thing that microsoft hasn't done is twofold number one they took a different architectural approach that is a little more complex and has been looked at as this time, hey, you guys are more complex, and they haven't shown anything that, that stands out and says, this is why the Xbox One is more powerful. They have not proven beyond rhetoric why their cloud-based services are going to make the box in your home more powerful or to what extent. I mean, they have said, here's some things we can do. We can offload world geometry. We can offload AI. Okay, what does that in a real world, what does that translate to? They haven't demonstrated that. And then the big thing is the machine's $100 more than the PS4. And while we're all worried about performance, the real reason it's $100 more is, I guess, because of Connect. the Connect device. Right. And they have done absolutely nothing. It's so bizarre that they're charging you $100 more for a box that has this Connect device in it. And right. yet there is absolutely nothing to draw you to the Connect at launch. I or, agree or, with all of that. Or even anything to convince you that it actually works better than the Connect you already have. Oh, absolutely. You're right. I mean, other than, uh, your skin heart, other than theoretical stuff. Your skin. And the theoretical <laughs> stuff is cool, and they've shown all that, but now we're getting close to someone say, reaching into their pocket and spending $500 on it. It's like, I want to spend $500 for something other than a, a cool heat map that I can show you a YouTube video of. I agree. I agree. I think that um, Microsoft has made a number of missteps. Chief among them is this weird $100 price delta that is tied to a piece of hardware in the system that most people aren't excited about anymore and doesn't have any real uh, tangible software implementation that is exciting or, or justifies its existence. Um, But I will say this, the thing that I bristle at is, is all of these things are used as in some sort of weapons in some sort of war that I'm just not (laughs) interested in participating in hostilities have escalated because I am genuinely rooting for both of these systems. I, I, I'm buying both of them. I want both of them to have awesome games on them. And I'm convinced that that competition is better for the consumer when it comes to video game, when it comes to almost anything. But, you know, so the idea that I, you know, I'm excited because I want PS4 to be the better system overall or whatever is so silly because having great games come out on both these systems is better for everybody. I could not agree more. Hold that thought for one second. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will pick this up and maybe uh, add Apple's new pad into this discussion. Air. 
This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out the service. One book to consider is Ender's Game, the special 20th anniversary edition by Orson Scott Card. The war with the buggers has been raging for 100 years and the quest for the perfect general has been underway for almost as long. Enter Andrew Ender Wigan, the result of decades of genetic experimentation. One of our most highly rated books of all time, Ender's Game isn't just a sci-fi novel for kids. That's Ender's Game, the special 20th anniversary edition, available on audible.com, and it's a free audiobook of your choice if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. That's audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. All right, so back into this fray, and I wanted to say this. I, I thought it was important to get to this conversation because as we're getting closer and closer to spending that money, everyone's starting to think these same thoughts, like, what am I spending my money on? Mm. And I think that this did blow up into such a big thing because everyone's getting those nerves. It's Anytime you get a big purchase, you know, there's that whole psychology of buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's really creeping in here, and it's especially creeping in for the Xbox because being more expensive you need to be able to demonstrate why it's more expensive. And they just, it's really hard to see that right now. Mm-hmm. They, they've got cool games. And, you know, yeah. talking to Andrew, you know, he's very hyped now on Dead Rising 3. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to be a really good game. I'm super hyped for Forza. Yeah. But $100 more expensive machine with the Connect, you start to really, like, you have to, and you have to weigh these decisions. And especially you have to weigh these decisions in a marketplace where now you get the iPad Air. But, my thought about iPad Air is this. So completely unrelated, I've been thinking, I've been budgeting since E3 for how I'm going to afford the consoles because I feel like I need to have both of them. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, now the iPads are in the mix. I have an iPad too, which I enjoy. I use a lot. I was thinking, oh, it'd be cool to upgrade. But now why, I realize why, why, why? Because it'd be cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you Shut do up. with technology, uh-huh. you buy it, and then you buy a better version of it. Because it have a better Because s- your face. Because it have a better <laughs> the, screen. Your mom upgrades. <laughs> there, there's a lot to be said about that retina display. It really does look a lot better than yeah, about the mini. See? Yeah. Well, the, well, okay. No, no, oh, because no, oh, your iPad 2 doesn't have a iPad 2. Yeah, and I have an uh, iPad 3, which has the, the retina display and looks really good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, retina is nicer. You're right. I'll, so I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, you know, I can't. And it's. 600 bucks it's 500 bucks for a 16 gig but i kind of want a 32 sitting it, sitting so far away from your ipad you can't tell the difference in resolution between your okay i joke i joke but, it's but a here, joke but here, the, here joke? the difference here the difference is that the screen is a different resolution before we go any further can i just say that i don't recommend the 16 gig version because the games are getting so much oh, yeah, bigger I don't either. that you'll just blow through it so that's like, part of my problem is i have a 16 gig ipad 2 and i'm constantly having to play the whole like okay what do i delete in order to get this so game so to, to 599 Right, so that's six hundred bucks. Yeah, and then I then for a moment I think, okay, I can I really can't afford all three. So if I was to get rid of one, I would probably get rid of the Xbox One. Really? Yeah. The Over iPads, the air, it's more expensive than all. You, the no, no, no. If I was to get rid of one of my two consoles, oh, but you're you're keeping the iPad Air in your buying plan. No, if I was going to get if I was going to get to in order to get the iPad. I would need to cancel right. one of my two yeah. pre-orders. So you're saying I would get an iPad Air over one of the two new consoles. And that, not play Titanfall de- so you That's can the play decision Angry I have to make. That's it. Well, no, because by March I could afford it. Oh, okay, okay. You so have an, an iPad. I know. <laughs> you can play iPad games. I know. I'm just saying this is a thought that crept into my head. No, it's you, fair because that's three consoles. It's a thousand bucks on consoles and that sounds silly. But you don't need the iPad. <laughs> you really don't need you the don't iPad. Need or does it. he? <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> 
Because it's thinner. It's lighter. And it looks sharper. It, uh, looks, it looks It's cooler sharper. to look at. It will, it okay. will make my life more complete or some nonsense. I don't use my iPad as a gaming Look, how device. else is Apple I stock really going to get to $1,200, okay? Don't you want that buyback? Ask Icon, okay? We want to buy it's, back now. It's his giant XCOM machine, his enemy unknown machine. All right. Well, yeah, you can <laughs> look, you're defeating me before I can even get to the point that I was going to make, which was I was thinking about it. And I thought, well, if I was going to cancel one of these, I would have to cancel my Xbox One because, uh, honestly, you know, multiplayer, I, I really am beginning to think, especially, look, I, I am sort of, I, although I want to make clear that that was a rumor, I do think that there's a good deal of argument to be made that where there's smoke, there's fire. And if the if the Xbox One is more, even if it does have the power through cloud and through its unique architecture, it looks like, at least out of the gate, this time around, the PS4 is brute force is going to outweigh you know, whatever tricks the Xbox system has up its sleeve. So I would say, okay, you know, I get the I'll get the PS4. I could live without Forza because I could still get Gran Turismo and I get Need for Speed and Need for Speed just looks awesome. I mean, I that might secretly be the best next gen game of launch. Right. I agree with that. But so, and you're giving up on these games because saying, you want so, these awesome games that are coming hold on, out so on I'm iPad. Thinking, so I'm thinking I'm gonna get okay, I could get this iPad and then I thought, wait. If all of my worries about Xbox One were how much value am I getting for my buck, you know, really, the whole iPad pricing model is just kind of nuts. <laughs> it's yes. nuts. $600 for a slate, you know, tablet device. A really big iPhone. That has 32 gigs of memory in it. So does my iPhone. And, no, listen, I, I would be all- some nice and Look, it has some you- nice mobile chips and stuff in it. But I think $600, $600 is what I would pay for a Xbox One. Plus four is a limited edition. And plus, some controllers. Plus something else. And I'm thinking, wow, like, that's an incredible piece of like hardware and game versus just this tablet that's a you know evolutionary step on my last one. Hell, $600. I could have a PS4. I could have both of the exclusive launch games. I could have Assassin's Creed. Right. I could have a year's worth of PSN. Well, now you're talking sensical. It's, yeah. it's because, much more sensical. How did, how did Apple get to this point where I even think about it? <laughs> well, you're, you really well, I'll tell you this. It. Let well, me say well, this. Somebody is missing from Apple now, sadly. Well, let me say well, this. It hasn't the, really slowed them down. The, the iPad is my favorite consumer electronics device that I own. I love it. With my I, whole heart. I, I like it's my the aunt. first I thing I touch in the morning. It's the last thing I touch before I go to sleep. This it's is, the, the next to the last. It's the it next is. to the last thing I touch in the morning. No, hey, I, I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with them. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Uh, came out wrong. Absolutely wonderful piece of design. I I adore it. Yeah. If you didn't have an iPad, I would encourage you to get one. The I don't fa- have one. But the f- I I encourage, I, I encourage you to get, get one. one. The fact that you have an iPad and are willing to. Throw out one of the consoles for it, I find to be crazy pants. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, I mean, the PS3 launched at a ridiculous price point, and then it went down in price a while later. But the yeah. Xbox Pro came out at a certain price point, and also, it also went down later. So if you're not positive about a console right now, like, you don't need to buy it at launch, because there's well, no that's a good point. going to go that down that's in price. A very good, and, and, and really, buying a console at launch, as we've said on the show before, is stupid. <laughs> and realistically... It's dangerous! Yeah. Realistically, how much can I... How much can I actually play? How much can I actually play? And the, so well, the, the, the counterpoint, the counterpoint is the counterpoint is, look, I host the show and I feel like, you know, this is what I do. And not having one of the two consoles would be a real mistake. It would be like a real mistake. It'd be laying down the audience. I wouldn't be able to talk about it. I mean, even if, yeah. even if I get one of them and I can't stand it or there's something it's gonna wrong be with a it. freaking talking talk orgy when those, yeah. those come out. It's going to be it, so fun to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be part of that. Let's talk it up. I want to. <laughs> um, 
you you say that like it's a bad thing. No, I'm excited. I believe me, I am very excited. If anyone's it, excited, it's this guy. It's this guy with he the is, thumbs. You are excited today. Of, very. Is this sense of buyer's remorse another one of those side effects of watchdogs getting delayed? Because I feel like no one really kind of started to look to get that whole idea of maybe I should hold back until that delay got announced. Yeah, I know a few people who canceled the pre-orders. I think it's definitely contributed to the the sort of launch frustrations. Absolutely. I mean, we saw a number of people in the Shack News thread who were really, you know, really upset about it. Not not mad angry, but just, you know, like really, oh, man, that's such a bummer. That's what yeah. I was going to get. You know, that's what I was really looking forward to playing. I'll tell you this uh, in regard to the iPad and the console. A new... Well, I'm, I could be wrong about this. I was going to say it, but I might be wrong. I was going to say a new Xbox One or PS4 is not going to be announced next October. True. And there will be a new iPad next time. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. you got it. There will definitely be a new yeah, I, yeah, I know. I or, know. Even, or even six months from now. Because I, I mean, remember, there might be I remember slim that versions. <laughs> the slim air. I, I was yeah. so excited to get my iPad 3 and then six months later, what do you mean there's another iPad already? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, well, that is sort of the cult of Apple. Right. <sighs> But there might be like Xbox One Slim. There, well, there X will point, be. I mean, how would, how would you guys watch like the, Get, how the consoles work? There was the Pro, and then there was the Pro Cheaper, and then there was an Arcade, and then there was like a Slim. Yeah, or, and then or, yeah. you just bundle. made fun of me for having a regular size 3DS. Dude, my 3DS XL is baller, okay? It, I... Want that? It's blue. But there you go. There you go. That's Pokemon another. Themes. It's another two hundred dollars. I'm not spending it. I, feel but like, I want it. I feel like Jeff should trade in his uh, 3DS for a. Uh, Zelda model 3DS XL oh, when it comes out on I'm Black gonna, Friday. I'm going to do that, though. Like, for real, days, You're going to trade in your Pokemon I one? just bought my 3DS XL, the blue Pokemon one, um, last month. No, dude, this month. And I'm going <laughs> to buy the Zelda one, too. And I'm going to sell it to my okay, brother that's or something. Okay, that's just crazy. Pants. Because it's gold he's gullible. <laughs> he wants it, and I want the Zelda one. So, I mean, everyone's winning here, especially the economy. <laughs> uh, but see, back to that argument. I, I've wanted an XL, but I know my behavior. I, I played Animal Crossing. For about three weeks, was super into it. Yeah. But it was the first time I played my ex, my ex, my 3ds for a while. I haven't played Pokemon. I haven't gotten back into it. Yes, there are some games coming up. But again, how much time do Zelda. I have to game? And then it's two hundred. It, it two hundred dollars is a, is to me like just high enough on that threshold to where I like I have to think about. it. I have to say, you know what, two hundred yeah. bucks is that's that's le- that's like that's one le- third of an iPad. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but you see, that's the thing is I haven't budgeted for that. I budgeted for I budgeted enough to have the two consoles, and then the iPad came in because I hadn't thought about budgeting for that. I should have. Can we talk about Pokemon? Because I well, that's the thing is I can't I can't justify two hundred dollars to go play Pokemon. Yet I know I would love Pokemon because I played three of the Pokemons. Well, and now you played your first. Wait, so you your that sounds like two hundred bucks well spent to me. Like hmm? it sounds like two hundred bucks well spent to me. Yeah, dude. Well, plus the forty dollar game. 250 bucks to play Pokemon. But what's the price for your happiness? Exactly. You can't put a price on that. Uh, Hello? Two, it's about $240. I don't know. I'll ask her next time I pay her. hey <laughs> This guy. So, so, uh, so I bought the Pokemon. I went to the store with my hard-earned cash, and I laid it on the counter, and I asked for the Pokemons. Why? And <laughs> Pokemons. Uh, why? Yeah. And uh, I, I rushed home. Drove fast as my little car could carry me. I already don't Tore like where this is going. No, <laughs> man, this is already a little soft story. The, Did you get your trainer hat too? Didn't get a trainer hat. No, no, no. no. Uh, I tore into my shrink wrap and put the put my Pokemon's into my. Let's be honest, ridiculously small size. It's regular so little. Um, <laughs> look, I'm gonna get mine out. It's, it's so cute though. I I was shamed last week at having never played a Pokemon before and excited in the sense that you kept saying Jeff, you'd love it. You're gonna love it. This, this is totally your kind of thing, and so I'm tell I'm asking you guys to tell me when I will start loving it. 
Have is you, is have you, it, have you started yeah. playing Talk it? Talk about it. Oh, I haven't played it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I mean, I, I haven't played a lot of it, to be honest with you. So but, but where I'm, are you? What level are you? Ten. Okay, so you're like five minutes into the game. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, but, but Give I'll it already, another five. I, well, well, here's my question to you. I, I feel, and with that completely honest starting point of I've barely played this any. This is a judge-free don't zone, know, man. Don't know anything about it. I just, I played it for maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. But... I don't, and I'm not trying to prejudge it at all. I'm just taking it as it comes. It feels like a game that's made for people that already know everything about it. Well, I think that is the case. I think a lot of people who are playing the game do know everything about it. But I think that this game is pretty accessible. But I think that the problem you might be having is that in the first hour or so, you don't, your Pokemon has Tail Whip. Like in growl exactly. and like you know and, have- and there's no explanation as to why I should use any of them and they just say oh go walk through the tall grass and kill and catch some and I don't know why I'm supposed to catch them ex- except to this, have this um, from the all. man <laughs> this from the man who understands oblivion despite the fact that oblivion like, throws you in this world with tons of shit to do well but there's not tons <laughs> of shit to do there's, not, there's not one, there's not tons of shit to do here and I I don't want to be unduly I don't want to be unfair to this game and and I I'm just saying that. Um, so you think you'd enjoy it more if you had more explanation going in? I feel like, yes. <laughs> I feel like the... Uh, Fair. The, I, here's what I, I thought was going to happen. Okay. And maybe it. this happens later, and I'm hoping you say it happens later, Jeff. Okay. Keep with it. All right. Uh, what I was hoping was there was going to be this fucking rad combat system introduced to me. And I was going to see, like, right at the beginning of the game, I was going to see this little taste of how freaking rad the combat system was going to so, be that it was going to be this cool rock paper scissors thing and you got to be prepared and oh you can't just have one kind of pokemon you got to catch them all because you <laughs> that, that have... is exactly what happened yes exactly what happened. Yeah. but i mean it's well, not how, when, when? it's turn-based combat not in the first no, five, not in the first combat. five minutes yeah you're, you're, i'm not more than five minutes i've played no, it for like, over an hour this is potentially a 40 hour game hour. Yeah. like this is a long game There's... okay and i'm being, i'm trying not to be unfair and i'm no, just telling no, you from my experience so far thinking thinking back on my experience and nicole you can tell me if it's different now but thinking back on my experience from having played like red blue leaf green and sapphire it's it's like it's four to six hours in before you have started to accumulate enough Pokemon and trained them and been to enough trainers to you know start getting in some real work that you're building your team and, and getting an idea here's, where you're going. Here's my issue with that. I feel like that's fine for a console game or a PC game. I feel like a handheld game where the whole idea of it I mean, I brought it to the movies with me and I sat there before the movie started and played and, and then I brought it on you know I brought it when I had to wait in line somewhere that's what i want for my ds that, right? yeah this is not a, a casual game that you pick up for 15 minute play sessions well i'll say this it's really cool that it allows you to save anywhere and you can you can it, play it, it can like be that. you can hop in and do some battles but to get progress to get the experience yeah you need to play and and, and to your point about different kinds of pokemon and needing to catch them all you you Start out in this very normal, neutral area, and then from there, each gym will have its own specialty, so you'll need to think about different types of, of st- strategies for those kinds of Pokemon. And you'll travel the land at a certain rate, so you'll go through a cave, and you'll go through a um, a desert, and like a woodland area, and like mm. a meadow area, and each one has specific types of Pokemon that have specific you know strengths and weaknesses, and then you need to use your Pokemon like, effectively against them, so that doesn't happen at once. That takes that takes time to discover those areas. Okay, I, that's fair, and I'm I'm certainly willing to stick with it. I just felt like here's a here's a bunch of pokeballs. Catch them. Okay, why? 
Hey, you can swap your Pokemon out into other Pokemon. Okay, well, but one's level 10 and the other's level 3, and if I put the level 3 one in there, he gets his little ass handed to him, so I'm not doing that. Well, then I need battle strategy. You need to play him first, immediately recall him so he gets more experience points. Or get, see, why is this Because you don't have the XP that? share yet. Or, yeah, I was going to say, get the XP share. After the first badge, you get XP share. It changes your life. Oh, good. I'm excited more, for that. More see, so in this wish, game than yeah, the old game. I just, wish, game. I just wish there was... I don't need it to hold my hand, and I don't need it to spell everything out. <laughs> I do need it to give me context. Give me... Why am I doing this? What? What's what? What's going on? What... Who, who, what the fuck is a Pokemon trainer? Like, yeah, I mean, my I, mom wakes me up from bed, tells me to go outside. I meet uh, some some kids, and they're like, we're Pokemon. Let's throw down. And I'm like, awesome, throwing down. <laughs> Did you ever watch well, the this, cartoon? This, I, but this is boring. No, I, I don't know anything about this. I, I do wonder if Nintendo's taken that tutorial area kind of for granted, because Pokemon's become such a big thing that if someone's just jumping in, then, hey, one of their friends can probably tell them about it. I think that's what you guys are. And you guys are my friends. Jeff, I say, this, really? I say this with the utmost respect for you. <laughs> You're a douchebag. <laughs> You're not a douchebag. <laughs> I think that maybe part of the stumbling block that you have comes from how much everyone in your friend sphere has sold you on this mm. and how exciting it's going to be. Sure. And so you came in with a really high threshold expectation of, I'm going to hop in here and it's going to be fucking amazeballs. Yeah. It's going to be Pokemons forever. Yeah. I'm going to have this collection it's of guys. change my life. And, and if you had come in with maybe a different set of expectations, you would have maybe approached it differently in other words you would have come in and said oh well i i don't know what this is and i don't get it but i'm going to plow through some of this and start to get the hang of it whereas your expectation was i'm going to get in here and it's going to be super fun because all my friends are having super fun with it that's probably fair i just feel like your first or at least my first game of magic the gathering for example uh i got it i like i see the i see the hook here this is rad um and then you can layer complexity let me on ask top a question what does because I haven't played XY, what does the what does the opening onboarding tutorial sort of section look like? I mean, do they still? It's exactly get, the same. Do you get to choose your po- like you didn't like they can connect with you? Were you had to choose your Pokemon based on what? Based on cute what, factor. Which one that's, you like? That's what I used. I want that's what you're supposed to use. That's the whole thing, dude. It's supposed to be like this, like you know, what like do you how do you choose? A, how do you choose a pet? No, I get it, and I got that guy, and he's my dude, and that's who's why he's dude? level ten, and everybody else isn't. Let, let's talk about who's your dude. Let's start. Who is your dude? Fiery, fiery, fiery McFarton. Oh, Fennekin. Yeah. Yeah. I have one too. He's level 50. No, I, uh, he's 40. He's, I haven't let see, him evolve. way bad badass. I haven't let him evolve because he's less cute at the evolve stages. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, see? That's just messing with nature. <laughs> My Froakie looks weird at evolve stage. <laughs> yeah, he's no, a, they're he's not, a freaking ninja. Yeah, they look weird. I made the right call. <laughs> um, But you needed to battle more. Okay. I think that this is something... I mean, it, it is literally just grinding, a game of grinding. Yeah. And, and I think once you get used to, like, the different types of Pokemon and the different types of mo- uh, move types, like ground or ghost or, like, right. psychic... Dark I think or fairy. It, but right. I wish... I want... I Beat w- a gym, get your badge, get the XP share, which will be huge, because they've not had that before. So the XP share is huge, because now, you know, you know Nicole was talking about bringing in your guy and then swapping him out right away so you get experience. Well, now... Yeah, you don't have any, to do that Anybody anymore. on the bench is getting some experience all the time. That's revolutionary for this game. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. You, you think it was you think it was a grind now, <laughs> but I mean, I I just I was I wanted there to be a, some reason why I would pick one attack over another attack. But there, 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 there will are be. And there will there be. Will yeah, be. all right, and, it'll, get, it'll get deep. And and that's a whole part of building up your Pokedex. Yeah, <laughs> there's three Pokedex. Oh my god, now. I started speaking the language. <laughs> no, I no, I, I get I get what that is now. I understand. But you know, it's also I'm possible not to be... that it's not the game for you. And there's nothing that doesn't make you a bad person. You still have other redeeming qualities, and um. 
Yep. You know? there's no there's no shame in just saying it's you. not your thing I mean guys I mean Garnet and Nicole tried to sell me on Animal Crossing and God knows I haven't gotten into it <laughs> it's so. not for everybody yeah. uh, you know I've, I've played about an hour and I will play more I just wanted to give you my impressions after an hour that's all mm-hmm. I just it has not hooked me like I hoped it would I think that I think that when you have played another couple of hours have another couple of Pokemon have beaten a gym are starting to get into the flow of it that it'll be a whole other experience I tell you this I played uh not very much of the the Path of Exile released this week, and that hooked me right away. Well, see, because it's awesome right at the beginning. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just I'm, I'm not. I'm, just I'm, I'm, awesome not right I'm not. I'm not downing on Pokemon. All right. Honestly. Well, how about this? Just not not to derail your Path of the Exile switchover, but let Nicole tell you about some of her favorite parts of mid and high level Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so let me tell you about my my day yesterday. Um. So I <laughs> I discovered that the for bottom- breakfast. <laughs> I had Pokemon. Um, so the bottom screen of the 3DS has these different, like, uh, the, the PSS, which is, like, that you can log on to the internet. Let's talk about the internet on Pokemon, you guys. You can finally battle. You can finally trade really, really easily. And it's, like, Pokemon caught up from, like, 1994 to, like, 2013, which feels great because it's about time you had the internet you, you don't have to, You don't have to go to the linking stations at the Pokemon Center anymore. I don't need that, like, like, awful cord. Remember when Game Boys had those cords? Whoa. That's big. Yeah, yeah. anywhere. With that, I would put Tingle on my cord. Tingle for Zelda, remember that? Mm-hmm. This got weird really fast. <laughs> um, so, uh, there is, however, the 3DS friend code still suck because you have to like send someone your number and then they have to get your number and that's dumb, but whatever. But um, so, so the trading's really cool and you have these things called O powers, which, yeah, it's weird. Oh, powers. And you can give those to your friends and then you get like three minute upgrades, like. If someone sends you a no power, then you get better attack capabilities or the, the ability to befriend Pokemon faster. And speaking of befriending Pokemon, one of the pink the, the pink screen on the bottom of the 3DS that is like the Pokemon Aim or Pokemon Amy or something is actually a mini game that makes you and your Pokemon have affection for each other. Um, so, which is how you evolve your Eevee to the fairy type evolution, uh, Sylveon, which I did last night. So, uh, you feed them cake and you play mini games and then you rub their bellies. And then they get hearts. And so any questions so far? <laughs> wait, wait, that's the only way you can evolve it to Sylveon? Because I thought friendship I think was, she said is an awesome... I thought friendship th- is how you get... <laughs> I thought friendship is how you get like Umbreon and Espeon and those two. Yeah, well, being nice to your Eevee during the day versus night is how you get Umbreon versus Espeon, dark versus psychic. And then to get the fairy type, it has to, your Eevee has to have a fairy move already, which okay. it learns charm or something at around 25. And then you also need to completely have its, its affection level all the way maxed by doing these mini games got it and so and like okay so other than eevee why would i want to do these affection games but turns out if you have your pokemon full fully affectioned then it has like it gets almost like almost always critical hits and it cures itself of diseases and like it listens to you and like turns its head and looks at you and like there's a big difference in the way the pokemon act and how how they perform based on how much you feed them cake so there's that and they threw fairy types into the game as kind of a counter to dragons because dragons were getting overpowered. Right. So, so, so yeah. So that the only really new type is fairy types to this one. But some of the other new things are like rollerblades and going diagonally. Rollerblades. Yeah. So yeah. you know how before you had running, Jeff's enthralled by this. He's like, "What? Tell me more well, about let this." Me, let, me, let, me, let me jump in for a second, Jeff. The filter that you need to do here is filter out the vocabulary that Nicole's using. <laughs> no, I'm cool. And and think about. 
the layers. There are so many layers of systems here about how your familiars. It's it's a game of familiar upgrading, right? And these familiars, like think about the dependency she just said. So familiar has a certain sort of attack, and once they have that certain sort of attack, then depending on when you nurture them, you can get different evolution trees. This is a really cool management sim because you have a number of different ways for it to go. So you know, yes, they put the Pokemon vocabulary over the top of it, and it's a bit cutesy, but that's part of what keeps it. At the same time, it's really fun and cute and lighthearted but there's a serious mm-hmm. really well thought out progression system underneath here yeah no i'm not nuts and bolts stuff that you usually did you usually groove on that's I'm why not, I say, lots I'm of rpg the... elements yeah yeah I, i'm no, just I, i'm just defending my recommendation here's the thing <laughs> i i think i i've always contextualized pokemon in terms of its relationship as a tabletop card based Ah, trade, you know, interesting. Tra- trading card interesting. game, collectible card game. Because you like card games so much, too. In relation to Magic. Magic and Pokemon yeah, yeah, yeah. are the two big dogs, right? Mm-hmm. And so I assumed, especially hearing, oh my god, Jeff, you're going to love this, I assumed that the experience would be similar to a deep, long-going game of, you know, of, of Magic... Like it would be magic, the role playing game that the, the that's combat very, system that's would very be interesting. See, the combat I, system would be this awesome, like tabletop s- system. I absolutely get where you're coming from. Yeah. yeah. But had you like mentioned that to anybody, they would have been like, no, that's not what it's like. Oh, I freely admit it's my own assumptions that colored my situation. But I, I just felt like at least my very thin exposure to it at this point has left a uh, disappointment in my mouth. And I think there's also the factor of you had never played one of the other games, so you have nothing to compare this one to because all of the improvements this one has made have been like, oh my God, finally. But don't you think that that particular thing you just said is a real real, um, downfall of a lot of series, a lot of video game series or any kind of series where at a certain point they, they start preaching to the converted so much that the uh, a a new entrant into the series is is kind of blind to any kind of minute little changes. Very interesting point. Yeah, but I mean, the changes that you don't need to appreciate the fact that they have changed. You just need to appreciate the fact that those features are there now. Like I can appreciate on the level that now don't I you can tell go. Me really appreciate <laughs> you appreciate this Pokemon. <laughs> um, like I can appreciate that you have the XP share now, or that, or like the graphics are better, or that the animation's better, or the story's a little less, a little less formulaic. Like I can appreciate, or, or that you can trade things. anywhere, or that you can. Yeah. That's a huge thing. That's something that I'm. I mean, that's something that should have been in Pokemon from the very beginning. Yeah. The ability to just trade and battle seamlessly. That's the entire point of the series is to trade and battle. By the way, have you gotten your Torchic yet? Um, Andrew no. told me about this last week. I did get in and I did get my torch. Okay, so you need a mystery gift as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And you'll get a torch. How do I do that? So you, okay, so you go to the start screen. <laughs> I can do that. Okay. I can do that. And then instead of clicking your file, go down to mystery gift and then like click mystery gift. And there's a promotion right now where they're giving you uh, torchics. And torchic is the fire type starter from a previous generation. So the way you play this game is that you. You have your Pokemon that you start with, but then you go back and start again with a new one, or no. you just they just join you, your ever you just growing. Keep, you, you can have hundreds and hundreds of, of Pokemon, and you swap them in and out. To yeah, based level on them up. based on yeah, to level them up based on what you're battling. Like I just got you know the HM Fly. So have you started learning about balls yet? Where, po- where are you on your ball knowledge? I uh, I have uh, I have taken ballage. the balls and no. I, throw, I throw the balls at the at the yeah. things no. and I believe I have to tail whip them first before I throw my balls at them. <laughs> 
Tilloping does help. It definitely yeah, and, helps. And I, I have like, I have of 10 balls, I, I have like seven of them occupied by Pokemon. That's good. And what, sort of, what, no sort of ball, what sort of balls do you have? Pokeballs. Oh, mm. see, you're in the very beginning of the ball, ball learning stage. Oh, right. there's multiple There's balls. ways to upgrade your balls. Yeah. I have to say that I enjoy sticking Pokemon in my balls, <laughs> but I don't understand the... The move, reasoning the beside, behind which Pokemon go in my balls. Well, all the Pokemon go in your balls. I mean, it just I gotta ha- catch them all. Yeah, it just depends subduing which one you want. Different, subduing different Pokemon takes different techniques. You can sing and charm. Okay. All kinds of tactics. No, I'm sure I will learn this as, as it goes on. Yeah, and I you're just... going to find there's a big variety of balls with different capture characteristics. Right. And different success rates. And different success rates against different Pokemon. So yeah. you're going to need to learn... A netball. Oh, for a, a water type. type, or yeah, bug type, right. and then there's like healing balls or luxury balls, or there's a d- mm, there's a dusk ball. <laughs> there's a dusk ball for Pokemon in caves. Yeah, so I mean, those different factors will help, and I think that if you're having trouble kind of like learning your purpose in the game, I'd, I'd recommend talking to every single person because a lot of times they'll just throw out random tutorial type information. Yeah. So I, I think as you go on through the game, people will say, and there's trainer tips. Like little signs, and, and as you travel, you'll see these, and each one will have you will give you pieces of advice. Mm-hmm. You still didn't play Nino Kuni, did you? Oh yeah, I did. I like Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni has, is awesome and has okay. good has context for what you're doing right away. Sure, and I get why I want those little dudes in my arsenal, but not little dudes in your balls. There's you mm-hmm. need more motivation for that. Well, I just feel like if if, if you were. We probably spent way too much time talking no, about my you, experience. Oh no, about no, actually, this, it's really it's it's super fascinating. But what what happened is somebody who's never played Pokemon, me, somebody else said play it. Yeah, and I picked it up and I went, I don't get it. I don't get why people love this. You can talk and to I me at any like, point, and I will walk you through things. But I feel, and I will, I will, and I have been, and but I feel like I wish the game did a better job of making itself clear right at the top as to right. how awesome this is. You know. Yeah, I at the end hmm. of the day you're going to you're going to run into about more than 500 Pokémon and once once you get towards that point it's just going to be about whatever six you want. Whatever six suit your personality the best, whatever, whatever suits whatever suits your per, your your you personality, your battle style, oh, whichever like you can, six. Where, <laughs> which, whichever six. It, it's just going to be whatever whatever your preference is. And there there is no trick to whatever the most powerful set of Pokemon is. It's just oh, that's fighting your words preference. for a lot of people. It, it, yeah, well, I mean, exactly. It's fighting words for a lot of people, and like, and that's why you prove it on the battlefield. Yeah, you prove it, and like, people. Some people like swear by you know their grass types, and they'll poison you. And some people swear by their dragon types, and they'll like hyper beam. See, you. this is Magic the Gathering. This is like red and deck, that, green deck. See, you have not reached come, that point it, yet. Oh, it comes in, but it just Blue, they keep in mind. You know, they have to. They have to treat this as a as an evolutionary process for any player that comes on board and teach them. Hey, here's how you battle. Okay, now here's how you collect Pokemon. Okay, now we're gonna take you through a gym and and take you through a little bit more of the process. Oh, now here's a badge. Now now here's some more things. Oh, here's some new poles and here's some new ways to capture. And oh, okay, so now you need to start thinking about new different abilities. But that's not what has happened yet. And may, again, super early and whatever. I admit that. But what what has happened so far is, hey, here's a Pokemon. Yeah. Walk through the tall grass. <laughs> And you will encounter Pokemon. Yep. What do I do with them? I don't know. Do I kill them? Do I 
Put them in my balls? You eat their souls. I mean, it... it you can I, do all of that except for the soul part. <laughs> I know, but I just wish... I get, I'm going to stop talking about this. But no, it's but, t- super redundant at this point. Well, it's it's a discovery thing, I think, for Pokemon. So. Exa- exactly. And, you know, just, just look at your Pokemon, examine their moves. It'll tell you how powerful they are. It'll tell you what type they Enjoy are. Enjoy the adventure. <laughs> and they'll get new moves <laughs> okay. based on the levels. So, the, right. level 10, you're going to have crap moves. And People you, are going to be so glad that I'm not here for the whole episode this week. And, <laughs> no, and, and, no. And, you, and you will learn as you go along. We'll miss you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give us, give us your then, give us your quick take on Path of Exile. It's awesome. Now that it's now that it's in full release, it's awesome. It's instantly awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I get it right away, dude. Your I game is really stuff. awesome. How awesome is your game? No, it's really cool. It, it, I mean, it's Diablo. It's Diablo. It's um, it's click stuff and it and smack it and it explodes and loot pops out, which is an instant feedback loop of joy that I happen to like. Hmm. Um, and uh, the 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 thing that's really interesting about that game in particular is the you start immediately slotting stuff into gem sockets. It's not that's not like a later level kind of thing, mm-hmm. which you usually find in role playing games that have socketed items. Um, you're you're messing with sockets. You're doing all kinds of interesting combos of weapons and and effects on those weapons right away, uh, which is cool. And I think the game looks a lot better than the first time I played it. I think they've had a, a real graphical upgrade. Polish passes, yeah, and uh, and a lot of effects now and 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 stuff. And uh, it's it's super easy to get into. It's free. It's the download is fast. It's uh, and you're up and playing. No, it's quick. free. You know, it's funny. They're very uh, vocal about their support of microtransactions only for cosmetic items. Oh, yeah. But have you looked at their available packages you can buy? No. Oh, they're a little out of control. There's there's one in there that's fifteen hundred dollars. Well, remember what, I was what, telling you the guys were yeah. that. Well, I was telling you about the guys who were saying that you you can design it, it, a weapon. Stuff. Yeah. Well, you can design a. You get to design a monster for in the game. I mean, if you really want, if you ever, that's if you badass. Fifteen hundred dollars. It's worth fifteen hundred dollars. That's almost three I mean, iPads. I'm, yeah, not gonna, no. I'm not buying it. <laughs> it's almost three iPads. But you get a digital copy of the soundtrack. Uh, okay. Uh, you can design a weapon and a hey, monster. It's working for them, and I'd rather that. I, I, I than, think it's cool. I just think it's. I'd funny rather that, that than you buy the. You know, you buy. Win I don't disagree. Fifteen hundred dollars is a shit ton of money for a game. You're saying that like that's the I only option. I should be able to buy the win button. No, you're saying that like it's the only I, option. There's like it's just kind of weird. Ninety-nine cent. No, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a little. Glitter. It's just sort of weird that you know they're very vocal about we're not going to let you buy to win. But we'll let you spend an insane amount of money. Well, of course they are. Well, I think nobody's going to say no. To I guess. That. I guess the psychological point that I'm making is that you're still there's still somebody out there for whom that might be preying upon them because they're like, I want the yeah, biggest. Yeah, what's baddest, the moral high ground badass. in that situation? Yeah, is it not taking the money or not taking the money so you can win. Like, why is that so much? I think it's really cool to say, hey. You like our game so much that you want to put your personal stamp on. I think it? it's We're cool too. Sell that I think to it's you. cool too, just to be so you know outspoken about how bad it is to sell you know things that are perceived to change balance, which sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. And but then at the same time, be like, but we are willing to take your fifteen hundred dollars if you're willing to give us money just to do some very you know easy stuff that is nowhere near fifteen hundred dollars in value. Well, for hear them hearing them describe it, uh, it it doesn't sound like it's easy. Like you you have consultations with the two D artist and the three D artist when you're designing your weapon or your monster. Like what like over the phone? Uh, well, I'm sure it's by email, but I would I would. Well, I mean- yeah, yeah. Because if you have to fly in, that's listen. Uh, that's I don't. More I'm not 500. present for this procedure. <laughs> I I just feel like it's a cool thing, and nobody's forcing you to spend that much. No, business. no one is forcing you to spend the money. But there are. I mean, the problem is that there but are. It is fascinating there, to look at. There's always someone out there who is you know, of a predilection to be weak to that. You have a weakness to that, and have the money, the disposable income to spend on it. Well, I don't. I don't think it's anybody's job not to. to 
I'm not saying that it is, but to the, be, you're authorized. missing my, you're missing what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, they're not bad people for it or anything. They're, no, they're not a at judgment all. Judgment there. But you say it like they're praying. You're praying on. No, someone's... I'm saying that they're being super outspoken against people who have different monetization schemes than them. But at the same right. time, they're willing to have a very aggressive monetization system within their moralistic way of looking at well, it. Their my, truth, their truth is, hey, if you want to do this, it's cool. We'll let you spend until the cows come home. But if you do it the other way, you're a bad person. Well, my perception as a player is more in line with that as well. My perception as a player is I I like you to have the swirly bits on your hat. But if the swirly bits are then an awesome weapon that makes you better than me, that's when I kind of get discouraged. No disagreement. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't. I mean, as I play games and I don't have a huge problem with being able to buy something that I can earn. Like I just don't. I think that's just the way free to play games are. And I don't have like a. Moral opposition to that. How, how many games like that do you play? Uh, not many. No. <laughs> but I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't, but like, why shouldn't you? I mean, I play MMOs. I mean, in Spotor, you can buy things that I had that I have earned. Right, and it doesn't bother you. No, because not everyone has the same skill as me, or the same time as me, or the same amount of money as me. Which, if they can afford it, they have more. So right. you know, not everyone has to play the way I do. Well, I think that's fair to say not everyone has to play the way I do. But I feel it's like it's not going to affect my game. Well, or my you can expect Jeff. That, there's no reason to argue about this. My point was a stupid point. <laughs> my point literally was a stupid point about like, hey, I just feel weird when I you don't make, think it's a stupid point when you make a big deal about it morally, and yet at the same time you're willing to take a lot of money from people. I think mean, that's a valid. I mean, it's not bad. That's but it's a valid discussion to have. It's not. I'm not saying it's well, bad. What is it's the, different? Maybe the other way of looking at that is to say, uh, hey, look, we can give you an example of a way to still be able to take a lot of money from people and not have to do it in this way. And not have to do it at the expense of the game or at the expense of balance. Yeah, or I, like I that. never wanted to be done at the expense of the game. And I, I mean, look, the, I'm working on two games that have free to play designs to them, and I am adamant about not upsetting the balance by making it pay to win. I agree. Right. I agree with the philosophy. My my point was just, I'm not sure how firm the ground is for your moral high ground when you're going to make you know such strong statements about it. That's all. Yeah, I think Path of Exile looks cool. I would be glad to play it more. Except for the fact that I, I'm, I'm sad you're leaving me because I wanted to talk about Diablo 3 on PlayStation 3. Are you loving it? Oh my God, it's awesome. Really? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> what's, what's awesome about Direct Control? Direct, direct Control, it, you know, actually, simp- this simplified version of what's awesome about it, sitting back on your couch with your feet on your coffee table and playing Diablo. There's a game that is amazing right when you start it. The first moment you start it, you're awesome. This is about Pokemon again, isn't it? No, not really. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I'm not trying to dog Pokemon in any way, shape, or form. And there's plenty of games that I love that aren't awesome right away. So b- I'm not trying to be that way. I'm not trying Negative to troll Nancy? it. I'm really not. not trying to be? No, I'm not. I'm really not. I, I just, I just, uh, I had high expectations because everybody told me. And I rushed out and bought it to be able to talk about it because you're you, here. You're going to have fun I with it. You're going to come back next week and you're going to be like, oh, you know what? This is pretty fun. Maybe. Or I... Yeah, we'll cool, so right that we should fewer, put our face on money. I'll find fewer opportunities to play it because I'll be like, eh, well, I can play something else. That I really uh, two weeks play. in, because there, the, it, it is a huge time investment. Yeah, right. it, it, it always has been. It, well, it's just, a big game. Eight, eight badges, elite four, two hundred something Pokemon. Reaching level forty, level fifty, getting the really cool moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do not pick up Diablo three for console then, because it'll. Own oh, you. you'd be hooked. Yeah, you, oh, especially as long game. you spent. Over 100 hours. Over 100 hours in the PC version. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, it's really fun on console. Mm-hmm. The direct con- By the way, the direct control is really well... First of all, Blizzard needs to make... If that's what they can do with a console version of a game, they need to make more console games. <laughs> because it's, it's, yeah. it's a really nice console version of the game. The soundscape and the sound design sounds 
phenomenal mm. it's not like the like it's just really got great except for except for one thing the effects like the weapon effects and the attack effects sound ghastly bad it's like everything else is amazing the music the mm. cinematics the, uh, the ambient everything's great and then you like throw a magic missile spell it's like psh, 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 psh. you're like really that's that's the that's the sound you can with everything it's else sounds it's like so a awesome. gauntlet sound effect yeah it's really it's really poor the direct control is really fun to play with they gave so you get automatically dodge Everybody oh right, dodge. yeah, which is huge. And dodge I, I never right played stick. the game with dodge when dodge so, was in. Kiting, kiting is mm. just an absolute joy. Which you, you have to do a lot with those h- fucking high level. Dude, I'm playing a mage. It's blast yeah. because you can just you, you run around. You can you can kite in almost almost any space. You can kite in, and it's not a big deal as That's long as you cool. realize that an enemy can physically attack you from a pretty good distance off. So if they can be still, they can look like they're out of melee range. But if you don't, because it's still doing its stepping, if you don't do your evade ahead of time, you'll still get hit. But once you learn that, you can just go to town. Sounds awesome. And the mage, so they use auto-targeting. So all you have to do basically is get yourself aimed in the orientation of where your enemies are coming from, and a red outline will come around who Mm. you want to attack. You can lock on if you want. You can not lock on. Right off the bat with my mage, I've got my magic missiles. So that was easy to get started with. And then I get my freeze ray, which I can just hold the button down and freeze them and like yeah. pull my mana off. Yeah. And and then the third thing you get after that is your crowd control, which is like a frost shock. Right. And then you're in business. Yeah. You're in business. You know, you run in, frost shock, back up, frost ray, out of mana, magic missile, last of them, boom, you're ready to move on. <sighs> Gotta so pull the, my barb out of retirement. <laughs> but what are the <laughs> what are the huge upgrades though from console? I mean, it kind of I've played a, like a 10 15 minutes of it so i haven't really noticed any huge differences but is it is it a port yeah oh, no, so straight up well with new controls well no but with new controls and the big difference being the big difference being that you have direct control over your character so in pc you use the mouse to select a space on screen and you click on it or you hold the button down and aim your cursor where you want your guy to move to and it does feel it is a different game there's one thing i want to say it does definitely feel like a different game because when i had that same experience going from Torchlight. And to, I like both of them. Yeah. I like yeah. both of them because when I'm playing Diablo on PC, there it's about I'm going to use the left shift key and hold my character where I want them to, and I'm going to use the mouse to pick out the characters that I want to attack. Mm-hmm. And yet here, I'm going to have direct control over my character with the dodge, and I'm able to much more freely move about the you know the, the combat environment yeah. and, and have a different experience. And it feels different. It's still Diablo. God, I love it. I, I got to put that. I got to get that. I think I might, I might get the PS4 version though. What? That's gonna be like next year, is it? I thought yeah. it was uh, sooner than that. Well, I think I, I think right. it, I think it is coming sooner because they they had Blizzard at the PS4 announcement, so I just yeah. assumed it would be a much sooner release. Well, I can look it up during the break. You'll miss that because you'll be <laughs> off to your audition. I'll but, feel the answer though. But uh, I do know that we're gonna be you on the five. Mm. I do know that we're gonna be hearing about the expansion in a couple of weeks at BlizzCon. Yep. Oh yeah. It looks surprisingly good, too. I think there are a lot of people who are concerned about the resolution differences, and they are noticeable, for instance, you know, of course, when you have the pregame screen, you have your character against the background. Yeah, it, it obviously, there, the resolution difference is really noticeable, because they have a large character model, and the detail, especially in the garb, mm-hmm. it, it's just not quite the same. But, on the other hand, you're getting the loot tables way better, as people have noted. I mean, as people have noted, especially as you get later in the game... You suddenly get legendary drops. You get legendary drops that pertain to your character. Oh, something else I had forgotten about because I played a uh, the hunter class. What's the hunter class in this game called? Um, the um, d- demon hunter. Right, the demon hunter. So I played demon hunter <laughs> on the PC version. I forgot that mages in this game. It's the weirdest thing. You run around with a weapon in your hand, but you don't attack with your weapon. 
Mm, it's so bizarre. Yeah. It, it, they did this thing where they took the they took the barrier between you being you as a, so you're running around in one of these games where it's loot driven and you're playing a mage and you find this awesome broadsword. You're like, oh my god, this broadsword is amazing. It's like plus five to my magic. It has a three percent chance to be vampiric. Does all this other cool stuff. But shit, I'm a mage. I don't wield swords. I don't do melee attacks. So you're like, oh, I can't use it. Well, in this game, you can because you hold it in your hand. And then when you cast magic missiles, you sort of wave your sword around <laughs> and you don't you don't ever attack with the sword. Right. You wave well, the sword you around. Use its stats to help you. But and and the base damage derives yeah. from the damage. Awesome. This makes no sense whatsoever. But, but it's awesome. It should slow you down. It's it kind of amazing. You, I, I'm, I'm wielding a sword that does like eight to twelve damage. And despite the fact that I'm not hitting anybody with the eight to 12 damage, that's the damage that my magic missiles do mm-hmm. because they're coming, you know, from the sword or something. Yeah. So logic. the demon going to hell, the demons, the fact that magic happened, none of that strange. The fact that you derive magic energy from a sword, <laughs> just crazy. Well, Can't too crazy. It. I mean, don't you? Too uh, fantastical. Come on. Don't you think that like if I whack you with a sword, a big point of the damage is like the blade biting into your neck. But this is a sword imbued with magical qualities. Okay, and you're true. a mage who has trained to suck the energy from right. inanimate objects and channel it through your physical form. Man, I do look kind of cool running into- around with this with this sword in my hand. And I just think it's funny because the animation, especially when I cast my magic missiles is me sort of waving the sword around like, arr, arr, arr. there's arcing magic coming off. It's like kind of weird. Whatever makes you happy, man. It's so fun. It's so fun. The Diablo bug immediately bit hard again. And it's so fun to sit back. You know, you're talking about you who I, I especially now appreciate this. I think of this all the time, the leaning forward versus leaning back experience. Yeah. Diablo as a leaning back experience. Hmm. is Interesting. Because you're just chilling on the couch. Sounds good, man. Running around, you know, killing I some stuff. I could get back into that game for getting sure. Getting some fat loots. I love the fat loot. I have it for Mac. I got pretty far into it. I think I got to Act 4, and then I was quitsies. Uh, I'll McGee. You know, I Jeff, do- you get it on PS3. I'm, I'm playing PS3 because, you know, I yeah. had that deal with the 360 when Winload, and so in order to uh, get the cross ship from Gamefly, I did the I did the PS3 version. Yeah, how many more weeks is my PS3 going to be hooked up? I don't I got, I, got, uh, a while. I got. I got. Well, I got an well, HDMI shortage. Grand Turismo. <laughs> yeah. I got input shortages. Grand Turismo uh, still coming. Dark Souls Two next I'm, year. Listen, let's be honest. I'm not playing Grand Turismo. <laughs> we all Dark know Souls that. 2? We all Dark, yeah, Souls Dark, 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 Dark Souls Two. Dark Souls Two. Listen. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> Jeff is not playing Dark Souls Two. He is not. He is not Dan Trachtenberg. Okay. He's not, <laughs> I am not. Although Dan might get me to play it. We'll he see. will probably twist your arm to play. He it. will. You right, guys brother. got me to buy Pokemon. Anything's possible. <laughs> All right, you guys enjoy the rest of the show. Break um, a leg. I left my uh, my picks, so you can do that for the tailgate. We have football. Nicole's going to do her patented p- football picks today. I, I can't wait. I will. I will listen. Our, our resident football expert, along with our resident Pokemon expert. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, stick around. We still have the second half of the show yet to come. You won't want to miss it. I don't know what'll be on it, but you will find out if you stick around and listen. Want to play all the latest video games? Try Gamefly.com, the number one video game rental service. Start your one-month free trial now. Gamefly has over 8,000 titles, including the hottest new releases, like GTA V, Madden 25, and Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Here's how easy it is. Just sign up, select your games, and Gamefly will ship them directly to your door. You can keep the games as long as you want, and there are no late fees, and you can cancel at any time. Once you're done playing a game, send it back and Gamefly will send you the next available game on your list. Now, you can also play hundreds of PC games with Gamefly's new unlimited PC play, free for members. 
Gamefly also saves you money by letting you try your favorite games before buying them. If you really like a game, simply click Keep It on the Gamefly website, and it's yours at a deeply discounted price. Start your one-month free trial now. Simply sign up, pick your games, and Gamefly will rush them to your door. Go to Gamefly.com, that's G-A-M-E-F-L-Y.com, and sign up today. All right, you, Mr. Excitement, telling us to sign up today, please do. All right. Uh, I, I kind of wish Jeff was here because I wanted to talk more about Diablo 3 for PlayStation 3. But oh, def- you can definitely talk about it leading up to BlizzCon. I guess. And I, don't, I wonder if Jeff will actually go ahead and play more of it. It's so fun. Uh, actually, we were talking about this in the break. It's so fun to just sit back on your couch because, as Nicole pointed out, the couch is actually the best console. It's the, My favorite platform is the couch, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, you were saying that that's why Valve Steambox is going to be such a hit because... Yeah. People, you know, especially if you're a PC gamer, then your loyalty will always be with PC. But the only thing, you know, you love more than your computer is your couch. You know, that same argument that I've been hearing for like the last 18 months or so is that Diablo 3 was designed to be a console game. Like, having played it on both, Garnet, do you you think that's the case? Or do you you think that it was kind of meant to be a console game? Well, I think that that's really cutting hairs. Because if you go back and think about it, this harkens back to the whole Champions of Norath games. Mm -hmm which were excellent. The and e- best. And even before that, well, so if you like those, you'd love Bal- you'd love this. Well, I mean, I do love Diablo. I just have already played it. It's like, I don't know if I feel the need to go buy and, it again. And think about the Baldur's Gate uh, games that were on PlayStation 2 and or is it Xbox. Were they Xbox? They weren't Xbox. Xbox I, I, and I, PS2. Yeah. Those, those and you know, action RPGs work great as a couch game. I don't think it necessarily means that they were made, that Diablo 3 was made as a console game, though, because Diablo 3 predated all of that and right. it's not like someone was thinking oh well you know what we should have made diablo on on they tried diablo on playstation and they, at that one time, day there'll be a, a plat- platforms that we can play on the couch we should we should make the prequels to that game and then, look it just wasn't ready i mean i don't know how many remember it but they did try diablo on playstation and it was not it was not a good thing no what about the co-op have you still you have no, I haven't played co-op, but you still have. You have couch co-op plus you have internet connectivity, so you can do either way. You can. I have it set up. You know, you have constant connectivity. I have mine set up right now where anyone who's a friend can join my game. I don't really want public randoms just hopping in because I'm just playing and pulling loot. And oh, didn't know. Diablo three have have to be on internet? Yeah, it was you the did. PC version is always. So online. how does that work on the console? You don't have to be online. So yeah, that, 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 that was another that was another point of contention with with that whole thing. Because the auction house thingy is gone, right? Of course, it's gone. Item loot tables are completely done. I mean, look, auction house is leaving the PC version because they figured out that was a bad decision. Well, good and they for included them for learning. They included this thing called. Do you remember elective mode? Mm-mm. So one of the so some of the reasons that people cited for why they felt that Diablo was designed for consoles was that they simplified a number of things. And one of the steps that they took to simplify Diablo was that they grouped. Your ability, rather than giving you a massive skill tree as you're accustomed to oftentimes in action RPGs, they grouped your skills and abilities that would usually have been in a tree into disciplines. And so you had an attack discipline and a defense discipline and a primary. And then they assigned those to different places on your control scheme. So one was mouse button one, one's mouse button two, one's number three. And here that translates to the controller button. So you have the four face buttons and the two triggers on the right-hand side. Elective mode lets you not... So what would happen is, so for instance, very simple explanation. In Mage, the first Mage thing that you start off with, everybody has, your your default power that doesn't cost you mana, you can just spam away, is magic missiles. 
you can change not long in because you get the next thing that you can have for free, which is this, I forget what it's called, but it's basically a static charge where three little balls of random lightning come out and attack enemies, but you don't target it. It's random. So you have to decide, do I want, you know, do I want my X button attack to be magic missiles or do I want my X button attack to be three random balls of lightning that go out in the standard setup? Elective mode lets you unlock that and then say, you know what? I want to map magic missiles to X, but I want to map the static charge to, to the circle button. Whereas the setup is that you would customarily have, you know, each, you would have one item from each of the slots assigned to one of those buttons. So in your X, you would have one of your attacks in your in your square, you'd have one of your defensive ones. So the, that frost blast I was talking about, that's a defensive thing. And I'd have that on my square button, but I can reassign it if I choose elective mode. Well, it sounds like you'd want elective mode. A lot of people would say that. A lot of people say, yeah, I want elective mode because I want to be able to use whatever combination of skills I want to within the game. Yeah, that's that's what it sounds like I would want to do. I wouldn't want to be forced. This is a a flaw of mine, but I usually don't rely on defensive skills when I could attack. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is, is I thought the same thing when I was playing the PC version. But as it turns out, they put a lot of thought into how those slices are carved up. And it actually works pretty well to have your favorite thing from each one of those categories ready at all time. It gives you, it gives you a, a, a you know, multi-dimensioned profile of how you can handle yourself in combat. Whereas you might be too one-dimensional if you go all attacks, or if you go all defensive, or if you go all you know secondaries. I think I played Demon Hunter, and I don't even remember what my defense what options were. I remember I had like an arrows, and I had like crows. Yeah, that's Demon Hunter. Yep, that's Demon Hunter. I don't remember yep. what my defense option was though, because I just never used it. Traps. You were, you were Leroy Jenkins. You oh, just rushed in. Yeah. Traps. I remember the traps. Never could really figure those out. Oh, the traps are awesome. Yeah. You see, and the, so it's. It, I usually just made like an aggro NPC be with me to like. But you're right. In that case, elective works great because it lets you determine, hey, I want to play the way I want to play. And then the next layer beyond that is, and I like the trade-off they made, is that they still have the rune system and you get to add runes to your abilities within each one of those skills that customize them some more. It's an interesting twist in the system. They They made a number of design decisions that are relatively controversial, but I think that the end result still makes a game that when you're running around in the world and attacking enemies and getting loot and building up your character is really, really fun. So if you're a new player, you recommend not doing elective, just sticking with the way that Blizzard set it up for you? I would, I would through the first, say, first half of Act 1. Get it, get down, get, there's much more, th- there are much more fun things to do than fiddle around with remapping your controls and figuring out where to attack. You know, just Play with what you like, figure out a build that works, and enjoy adventuring in the game. And, you know, if you get to the point where you're like, oh, man, I wish I could totally do this and this at the same time, well, then hop into the options menu and choose elective mode and remap it. But then you'll have a reason to. You'll know why. You won't just be doing it because, oh, well, I can. Yeah. No, good good advice. I'm, so- I'm starting to think about playing this with the local co-op just to kind of see how the experience is. I think with local co-op, it'd be really fun. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. It would be a really fun game to like sit around on the couch and play. I wish that they you know, incorporated some ideas along the lines of short-term co-op quests for Kals. It would be great if you could like get together a group of friends and yeah. say, hey, come over tonight. We're going to play like a Diablo night, almost yeah. like a rock band party. Right. And then you know, you've got like quests laid out in front of you that are just you know unique for, I'm going to come and Raves. sit down with my... Yeah, yeah. 
or or even just horde mode. I mean, that's the fun of horde. If you go back to it, like that was what made Gears awesome. That's what made yeah. horde mode so awesome is that you got together with two or three friends and for a couple hours you had your horde mode party. Yeah, no, I I would do that in Gears three even when, when you could add the turrets and stuff. Like I love horde mode. Horde mode in any game is fun with people. We've been spoiled by those short term co op options like Gears and like Monaco and like even New Super Mario Brothers. You like those kinds of local experiences are just so much fun. So have either of you played Grand Theft Auto online? I haven't jumped in lately, but okay. But how's our how's the weekend confirmed crew? Going? Number one, oh man, the weekend confirmers are awesome. <laughs> if you have not seen it, Shadow Thirteenth did this freaking amazing logo that is the that is that is the logo. It is the weekend confirmed logo which he has lovingly created layer upon layer upon layer. That if you are in the crew, you can now put on your shirts and put on your cars as Good you stuff. as you accumulate uh, points and ranks. I think we're up to about. 60 some odd members it's, it's across all platforms wow. good for you guys we're gonna we're gonna hit 100 i mean we're gonna hit 100 and then we're i don't know what we're and gonna then do take over the world pinky and yes, brain we'll take over the world of grand theft auto or shoot each other in the face you know whatever whatever yeah. is if you like the best use of your time yeah. all right so before going down that here's the, here's what i want to say about you number one it is it is playable now it's completely playable okay that's good how the, many weeks after launch well the point is it's playable now a couple a, <laughs> a couple it the, the it being unplayable lasted as long as the government shut down. I think I think they kind <laughs> no, of. I think aligned. the I think the government shutdown lasted longer. Okay, I think that actually did. Last yeah, longer. and the government shutdown might be coming back. So <laughs> not, not, not like those uh, GTA launch server issues. issues. Yeah, I've not played a game in a long while that was so much fun online to play, and I felt like it was fighting me wanting to have fun with it so hard. And that's the weirdest. What? It's, it's the weirdest thing. I it it feels like, and maybe part of it is being low level, which I've talked about a couple of people about. It feels like the game wants to get in your way of playing it the way you want to play it, and maybe it's the way I want to play it. The way I want to play it, the most fun that I have in Grand Theft Auto Online is doing the co op missions, and the co op missions come to you as as calls and assignments from people within the world. Jeff Madison and I played a, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a dozen of them over the weekend, and they were they're super fun. I mean, they they are really really fun to do. They they're the silly things that you read people talking about. You know, it's ranging from going out and stealing it. We we did the tanker truck mission too. Remember the tanker truck story we told yes. on the show? Okay, so we told that story on the show. So we got one of those tanker truck like missions, and our tanker truck uh, escape did not nearly go as well <laughs> a <laughs> few problems along the way we encountered a couple of problems jeff was driving the tanker truck well there's your first problem <laughs> he was doing a pretty good job driving the tanker truck and i was in a car with a random dude who was one of two cars who were going to lead the people away well so what happened was it was obvious to me about partway through our attempted escape that the person who was driving the car i was in didn't really understand that the job of the chase cars was to draw the cops off because he'd draw the cops off a little bit, but then try and drop his star rating. And I'm like, no, 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 you need to get stars. You need to get stars, because the whole idea of getting stars is to draw the cops away. No, were yeah, you I, able to communicate with him? Uh, no, but that was because Jeff and I were in a group. This is a whole other problem. <laughs> yeah, Jeff and I were in a party chat, because if you're not in a party chat with your friends and you're playing games, it's pretty easy to get separated, because the game does not do a good job of holding you together. Plus, when you're in the free roam, you're in chat with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting stuck in that weird situation of like, well, I just want to you know, I just want to talk to Jeff because like we want to drop into free roam for a minute and then figure out what we're going to do next. But if we do that, then we're like chatting with all, you know, all the other people that are in that free roam. Clunky. 
I don't know what the fix is for it's that. It's a mess, yeah. That's our mess. So finally, uh, this guy like stops in Chinatown and like, dude, like there's, there's nobody no around here. There anyway. Yeah. Right, there's no cars. <laughs> so certainly, leaves, certainly no cops. I jump out of the car and I jump out of the car while it's going back to the parking lot, roll, hop into another car, go racing over to where Jeff is. But by this point, it's just he's over by He's over by like East LA trying to get over to the freeway to get to the depot to drop the tank truck off. But he's been surrounded by like, I don't know, 10 cop cars. <laughs> and one of the cop cars comes flying into him from an angle such that it wedges itself underneath the tank truck and pops the tank truck off the cab oh. of the truck. <laughs> so now, and, and then as soon as it does, now that the tank truck is gone because it's using physics, Jeff suddenly accelerates because he's no longer pulling the tank truck and like goes flying down the street. There's like all these cops pulled up around him. The other guy, one of the other cars that's helping us comes piling into the group trying to help out, but immediately gets killed. Just like, don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to go back and hook up to the tank truck. I'm like, you're never going to be able to hook up to that tank truck. So I like go around the corner, hop out of my car, pull out an assault rifle and go to the corner of the, of this brick building and start trying to attract the police's attention. Well, Jeff is trying in the middle of a sea of cop cars that are going over direction to back a tractor trailer cab up onto the tanker truck so he can get away when the helicopter shows up. Yeah, that was pretty uh, much friendly it. helicopter. Or? No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> helicopter with a sniper. Yeah, that's pretty much the oh, story. Yeah, yeah. And they they took us down pretty quickly. But it was it was hilarious. It was absolutely freaking hilarious to like have this cop come in, knocks the tanker truck off. Cab goes crazy. Jeff's like, no, don't worry about it. I'll reconnect. I'm like, okay, this is this is this is the exact beautiful gone completely to hell situation. See, I feel like there's gonna be enough people in the show thread to tell us that you should have a friendly helicopter in that situation. <laughs> Possibly F- fighter jet, maybe. Yeah. But at least you can, you know, take solace knowing that you cost the taxpayers of Los Santos a lot of money. We did. So at least there's that. You know, and you, here's you where went, you went down, but you went down in a. Fiery ball of glory. So we had a blast playing that. And you can you can restart any game that you've been playing. That's cool. But what happens is when you've been playing all of these single player, you know, these co-op missions with you and somebody else against the AI, is that every time you finish a game, it puts you into a lobby. And in the lobby, it says, hey, what would you like to do next? And what would you like to do next is never including anything that is co-op. Because the co-op missions only come from assignments and tasks that you get in free roam. So you've just had fun. It's not an automatic option? No. So That's three of silly. us so three of us are playing together. We're having fun playing a single player mission. We finish it and the only options we're going to get are team or single based combat games like, you know, team deathmatch, deathmatch or the variations that they have. And they have some cool variations on, you know, like capture the flag and capture and hold. The standard sort of shooter variants. Racing, which by the way, I don't know if anyone told Grand Theft Auto this. Their burnout's already been done. And yeah. so I feel like while racing in the game is cool, I feel like in online, they spent a significant amount of effort making burnout. And I would rather them have done more Grand Theft Auto. And those tracks are long, too. Like, those are, lar- those are long laps. Yeah, I mean, some of them are fun. And that's cool. But the, it's so dominated by races. How many fucking races do I need in Grand Theft Auto? Seriously, you guys, you do so many cool things. I played Burnout. I played Burnout to death. If I want to go play Burnout Paradise, I'll go play Need for Speed Most Wanted. I'll go play Burnout Paradise. I'm not coming to Grand Theft Auto to play a race game. Right. It's nice that you did it. It's cool that you had some of them in there, but there's so very many of them in there 
that it's a little like what's going on there. And then and there's also like parachuting and well, boat it's, racing. It's so part of the LA culture. You have you understand why they did it. Of course, parachuting. <laughs> I, do, I go parachuting all the time. All the time. And then there's lots of fun ones. Like Jeff and I did this one where one player is in, like one team or player is in sports cars, and the other team or players are in F16s. And the F16s have to. I've heard that that's a very unbalanced uh, gameplay mode. It is <laughs> in both in both regards. It's really easy to wreck out your F16 because your F16 is going really 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 fast, and you have very very little time. You know, even even in a high performance sports car that's going, you know, however fast it's going, you fly you fly up on it and past it at a, an incredibly high rate of speed. But when you're in the sports car and you start to hear the jet coming and you hear. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, he's right behind me, and you don't really know what's going on. You don't really have time to look around because you're trying to drive through traffic as fast as you can. But the, the entire screen's shaking, the sounds going crazy, and then you either get hit or you hear and feel the explosions of missiles dropping next to you. Oh, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of cool. That's cool that you can feel it though. I've heard a lot of people say really cool things about the integration of the the controller and yep. like the way it vibrates and it'll complement like the grates you're driving over or like the gravel you're driving over and it's they different really and well. it varies. That's cool that it did that. And it's cool for the next generation because I know that the PS4 and the Xbox One controller are both gonna have a lot of dedication to different rumble features. Yep. So that's cool. It's a cool interaction. I appreciate I just, it. I don't get how once Jeff and I get together and are enjoying playing those co op missions. The game wants to not let me just do that. like that's all I want to do. I don't even care if you're recycling the same missions right. or very you know, like just pulling similar sorts of things of go here and do this. That to me is what I'm wanting to do, and the most fun that I'm having. Stop trying to push me to do something that you want me to do. Let me do what I want to do to have fun because the whole purpose of an open world game is for me to do what I want to do. Exactly, you want that kind of freedom to just do whatever you want. And it takes so long. There's so much downtime. And the other the other thing, the other, the downtime in GTA Online is really bad the down by that i mean the loading into grand theft auto online loading into a pre-game loading from the pre-game so you so let's say you want to get a game and you want to go do a job you go to do a job and the first thing you do is you go to a screen that shows the job and some of the configuration options and then after that once everybody's gotten selected and there's some choices made you can spend a couple of fucking minutes there then you go into the pre-game lobby and now you're in another goddamn yeah. lobby screen and you sit through another round of everybody sitting around okay everybody ready up okay you ready, Are we ready? yeah brew, brew a pot of coffee for some of those instances because it's, it's and then a long finally wait. finally someone clicks whoever the host is finally clicks okay launch the game and you get to go in the game god forbid you don't load because if you don't load no Grand Theft Auto Online doesn't drop you out to free roam. Grand Theft Auto <laughs> drops you all the way back to single player. Oh. When the map starts to zoom out and you feel that like, oh my God, did it drop me? Yeah. It's, it did. It did drop you. Why would it not take you back just to free roam? Why would it take you, why would it unload Grand Theft Auto Online, reload the single player, reload your save, take you back into single player so that if you want to go back to playing online, you don't have to quit single player go back to online, go back to loading into online and load back into a different instance of whatever. It's just so dumb. The, the only thing I can think of is something in that lobby must have, you just lose your connection at one point and at that point- Oh, that's can't. what it is. It decides that you've lost your connection, yeah. but it's not elegant it's, enough to understand that, oh, I could just, you know, I lost my connection to it this. It was Rockstar servers that lost connection. Right. It wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, pro tip that someone taught me, if you ever see that not connected to cloud servers- Make sure that you just wait in the wherever you're playing until you see that saved sign because if you don't, you will lose your progress. 
Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's a bummer. It really is. That's a big old bummer. Yeah. But at least, it, but at least it got most of the kinks out of the way, and now it's playable. And now we, now we yeah, can get our- I, I, Trust me, that's what I was saying. It is it's so much fun when it, Jeff and I had so much fun over the weekend. You know, just like robbing <laughs> sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> robbing drug dealers, stealing stealing their drugs and money from them, and taking them to our drug dealer instead, making money <laughs> off of them, and then giving your money to the poor. Yeah, of course we were. We're all we're always out there. Robin Hood expansion pack. We're totally Robin Hood expansion. <laughs> Grand theft. Grand Theft Sherwood Forest. <laughs> I'd play it. Yeah. Uh, we've had lots of feedback from you guys. There's two. I like the this one feedback from Cats Akimbo, which, by the way, Cats Akimbo just just sounds awesome. Yeah. Says I got a vent about GTA Online. The free roaming is just so badly designed. You can rob stores, go into a separate instance to do something else, or screw around with the other players. It encourages players to shoot each other by letting them steal whatever cash the victim has. But God forbid you do the exact same thing to someone with a grenade and happen to blow up their car because then you're tagged a bad sport and you'll quickly find yourself in a separate pool of other people who like explosives. It's just bizarre. Rockstar has this open world for you to mess around with. But if you don't play their specific way, you're shoved off into a corner. I have a friend who accidentally blew up one too many cars while chasing down people who were trying to kill him. And now it's impossible for us to play together until he's been released which is going to be at least two days. If, but if he'd used a rifle instead of grenades, all would be well. What a bizarre thing! They're they're telling you how you should murder people. Well, they were trying like, to police. They're trying to police things, but their policing system is just completely. But they're policing ineffic- different kinds of murder because they tried to <laughs> because they tried to automate it. But isn't that just the silliest thing? Like you can kill it's some. Totally the you can ruin thing. someone's game by killing them for no reason with this way. But when I kill them this way, I mean, shouldn't the the bigger issue be? Killing someone who is not like antagonizing you, like shouldn't that be what we're policing? It's I, murder. I think that I think it's a question of how how intelligent, quote unquote, can the artificial intelligent be in reasoning out? Oh, that was a that was a justified kill. Oh, that was a bad kill. Well, it's not like they're not reasoning it. It's just if you use explosive versus not explosive, right? And that's yeah, that was their default. Don't give me a grenade if you don't want me to use it. It's the it's the consequence for blowing up somebody's car and for even having that insurance mechanic in the first place i mean if it would just be a thing where you can just blow up someone's car and it'll just respawn somewhere then that's one thing but then you gotta like you know pay money to get it back and then you got so they value the lives of their cars more than the lives of the insurance people. is not cheap by the way yeah, yeah exactly and <laughs> i think that's insurance is not cheap. And, and i think that's I part of what real it life is. so i know if, because <laughs> if you have to set someone back in that way i think that gets interpreted as being kind of a jerk that's a jer- i didn't think about that it's, that's it's, interesting it it's it's a strange mechanic i mean why why not just have the car respawn I mean, why not? Why why go? Why why yeah, even go to the trouble of insurance? Exactly. When you respond, your your guns. Well, come and back. they and they seem pretty friendly. As a matter as a matter of fact, you know, if you hop into any lot, my first experience, and it still continues now, is a lot of times there are people who are just running around open world trying to just shoot and kill anybody. They know where the spawn spots are. They know where places you're going to frequent are. And this is the first time, like someone shoots me, and I just sort of shrug and go. Okay, you feel good now? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's kind of dumb, and I really think it's funny. All you have to do. To protect your money, it's very simple. When you finish a mission, just go to an ATM. Oh, you don't even have to go to an ATM. Open your phone, go to the browser, go to money, go to my bank, go to make a deposit, deposit all your money. Yeah, done. It takes <laughs> it takes 
Five. You take a picture of each each side of the check. <laughs> it takes forty. It takes hours like to five clicks, and then and then it's funny because now every time someone kills you, if you wait for a minute and watch the kill cam, you'll see them hop out of their car, or whatever, and come running over to you because they're going to come steal your money. But no, there's no money to steal. Sorry, I'm not stupid, sucker. I wonder how long it'll take for that to sink in or if it will ever sink in at all. That'd be cool if you could like do the professional thing where you they're about to come kill you so you take off the pin to the grenade and they come over to your body and then the grenade blows up. Oh, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> like in the professional. That would be awesome. Uh, our Los Santos story of the week. XX Yetter X says, uh, I have this story. This is from the Martin Madrazo mission called Death from Above. In the description of the job, Martin suggests that you get a helicopter and parachute into the target's backyard or a roof and kill him and then take his picture. By doing it this way, you avoid a huge firefight as the house is heavily guarded. Unfortunately, uh, we weren't able to find a helicopter and we didn't have the option to call Lester uh, for, for one for a helicopter unlocked yet. So we had to come up with our own plan. This is where it gets really quite interesting. Uh, There were three players all together. The layout for the house is pretty simple. It's got a front gate with two guards and a side gate leading to the back door with one guard and tons of bodyguards in the front yard. So one of our players climbed up on a roof across from the front gate. The other player was sitting in his car close to the back gate, and I was on foot on the sidewalk across from the back gate. Our snipers started... Our snipers started firing at the guards at the front gate, and all the guards on the premise then turned their attention to him. The driver slowly started by, so slowly rolled by the back gate and shot the guard in the head with a silenced pistol, allowing me to sneak into the back gate completely unnoticed. I had to kill three bodyguards in the backyard, but that was simple enough. And then I killed the target and took a picture of his corpse while our other driver, the one with the silenced pistol, was already on his way back to Martin's house to end the mission and claim our reward. Crafty. That nice. is, I like that's incredibly violent. Like, if you <laughs> out, of, out of any other context, you listen to like those few sentences, it's You're just like, like, wow. Oh, these guys were fucking psychos. How many watch lists are you guys on? I know, right? Uh oh, we can confirm it's going to be on the watch list. Yeah, well, well, if it's not already. Yeah. But that is cool. I mean, that is, that is. That is some seriously, like, you're thinking, oh, this is kind of cool, kind of alias planning out. You're like, oh, I'm going to go on a mission. Here's something with a mission. Okay, you guys out front, you snipe, you draw them attention. Is that something that can happen a lot in the game where you can kind of deviate from how it expects you to do the Well, these missions, that's the the fun of the co-op is figuring out what you can use the open world scenarios to do to play with the AI. I mean, that's where the fun comes. I mean, we hadn't – go back to that thing of the cops – car coming in and knocking the tanker truck off of the cab i mean that's just totally a random thing that happened in the world and that's what makes it interesting and these guys figured out a way to use the ai against itself and say oh well you know we'll draw their attention pull the aggro out front i mean that's the the kind of thing that really shows the potential strategy yeah although we could have parachuted in that could be kind of cool too yeah the other the other one the other story parachute he actually uh, XX Yetter XX told us a couple of stories. Another one he had that's really funny was he told a story about how uh, some dude, <laughs> while he's driving down the freeway and stuck in traffic, some dude flies up in the heavy cargo tractor, uh, heavy car, heavy cargo helicopter, hooks onto him, picks <laughs> picks him up. So now he's like stuck inside his car. This dude's picked him up in a helicopter. He didn't have a parachute, so he couldn't jump out. Oh. And the dude took him over to the army base. And dropped him in the middle of the army base and left. Well, of course, now he's like an armed guy in the middle of army base. He immediately has four stars. Yeah. 
He basically suicided him. <laughs> That's really funny. Just, That's a lot of effort into trolling that guy, uh, and like uh, it's it's mean, and, but it's also you gotta admire the effort. And you really, totally admire the effort. And, and you definitely can't classify him as a bad sport because technically he didn't nope. kill him. His car's fine as of now. Yeah. He's like, look, dude, I just I just I just gave you a little ride in the helicopter. <laughs> sorry, where I dropped you off. You're on a no fly list now, <laughs> but sorry. Oh well. Yeah. I didn't really intend to talk about Grand Theft Auto the whole time for that. Well, element. well, no, but we sort of love, topical. But, but we really love these stories, and we actually I would encourage stories. everyone to keep sending us more. You caught me while I was drinking my drink. <laughs> See how you did that? I did. Which I must say, though, that this I I am a big fan of this drink. Fire sprite. The, fire the, sprite. The fire sprite. I've, or or the fire up. Yeah, this is not fire. We have sprite. Okay, I'm sorry. Fire, fire sprite, sprite is a lot more video gamey. You can kind of think of it One like kind up, of a power up, like, fire up. I was going to say like more of a Zelda cocktail type sure. of thing. Sure. Zelda cocktail. I want to throw a Zelda cocktail party. Could okay. You, could you? Well, well, you can do like a white Russian, but call it a Lon Lon Milk. Yes. Yeah. I like this. Okay. That's yeah. one. Well, we have the red potion, the blue potion, the green potion. So that's simple. Oh, oh, oh. Well, we the do... blue Hawaiian. What, what's the red? The red oh, one was oh, Sazerac. Or oh, my tire Sazerac cocktail. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We could do some kind of jello shot with like some kind of like gumball type thing in the middle, and that could be like a, b- a fairy in a bottle. Mm-hmm. And the green could be absinthe. Good. Nice. Um, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> like be, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this during <laughs> December or something. Like have a, a Zelda cocktail party. Sweet. I like it. Yeah. Wait till you get to hear about the uh, exploits of the Zelda cocktail. <laughs> Co- costumes encouraged. Uh, Not mandatory. I have several Zelda costumes, I'll be honest. All right, so what would you guys like to uh, talk about in the final segment? So what should we prep people well, for? Well, we can, we can either keep talking about Pokemon, because I know some of the listeners have questions, or we can talk about our respective games that we've played in the final segment. I'll, I'll let you decide, Nicole. Oh. Oh. Um, oh. Well, let's talk. Well, I mean, if we do Pokemon, that's the game I've been playing, so we can kind of do both. Right. So we got, how about this? We'll do Pokemon. Uh, Nicole is working on a game now. That's true. Wayward Manor. It's true. I know you guys would like to hear about that. Neil Gaiman's involved. Have you, have you haven't met yet? Well, I haven't, you know, we haven't met yet, but like, it's I, happening. I feel like it's there's gonna a happen. connection there. It's going to happen. He's retweeted some of the tweets I've done from the odd gentleman. So I feel like there's a real potential for best friendship. And, and Osman's been on dual destinies. That's right. I've been on the, the, Ace, the Ace attorney, the M rated. Oh, that's, that's ridiculous. The that, M, it's M rated. That's, you, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'll get into it, but no, it's, it's, it's not even racy. It's a little... It's M-rated. It, it's a little blood. That's so marginal. It's a little blood. It's no big deal. TBY7. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I, I've seen worse stuff on... I've seen worse stuff on Toonami. Oh, wow. <laughs> not even going to touch that. All right. How about a little music for you uh, from the preeminent South African producer, Shane D, who often co-hosts on Grant Nelson's House Call.
website. We will have uh, links, as always, to where you can hit that sound in the show notes. All right, uh, last segment coming up right now. Wayward Manor, go. Hey, everybody. Um, so, um, Go into I, PR mode. PR mode. I'm, oh, it's no, a lot of practice. Um, so I started working as the community manager for an indie dev called The Odd Gentleman. Uh, they made the game uh, The Misadventures of PB Winterbottom, which was a big XBLA hit uh, back in the day. And uh, we've got some exciting projects coming up that you bet I can't talk about. But one of the ones I can talk about <laughs> is... Our, You're getting it down. <laughs> You've got it down already. Is our, we, have, we are doing the first game that Neil Gaiman has ever done. And he is... Super involved. He's like writing it and like he's making sure that the he's picking the gameplay and the and the art and like he's super involved in it and it's like the the most awesome opportunity. Like how lucky am I that the first game I ever work on is with Neil Gaiman? Like can we just focus on how ridiculous that is? Ridiculously jealous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so it's uh gonna be a PC Mac game. Um we haven't announced a release date for it, but it's coming. Um and you can uh, pre order it and there's a bunch of really cool incentives to pre order it. Um you can head on over to whohauntsneal.com, and it's going to be it's on Steam and it's on Mac uh, for PC and Mac, and um, it's going to be pretty great, you guys. How Looking great to it. is it going to be? It's going to be pretty great, you guys. Just, just, <laughs> you're not really commit I, to more than pretty great. I, I, I don't think she can tell us how much how great it's going to be. <laughs> no, I can tell you it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, I haven't actually played too much yet. They're all like in super developer mode. Yeah. Uh, as a community manager, you don't get to actually make make the games. But I write a lot of emails. Mm. I'll tell you that much about it being a community manager. It's way not what I thought it would be. And at the same time, it's well, what thing I thought it would be. What, what is the you know thumbnail view of what being a community manager is like? Well, I think, okay, so from being in the media side for as long as I was, I thought it was like helping with press releases and like responding to Twitter questions and being really friendly at launch parties like <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what I thought community management what w- did but it's especially at an indie company what it actually is is a lot of things that have nothing to do with community and have a lot to do with just everything that's not actually coding so I'm helping write in all kinds of aspects and I'm helping with like you know recruiting and I'm helping with mm. like getting consoles in and like filing them and I'm helping with of course the, all the social media stuff we're on Facebook we're on Twitter we're on Instagram um we're on Tumblr. So we're on, I mean, so it's managing all that. But, Pinterest. Oh, you know, we're not on Pinterest. I'm kind of morally opposed to Pinterest. I was just joking. No, but oh no. Oh no, oh. you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at who's on Pinterest like, these a, days. A moral objection to Pinterest. Yeah, it's a complicated. It's a complicated history. In in less than an hour. What's the moral objection to Pinterest? I just don't like it. Oh, okay. No, yeah. there's no moral <laughs> objection to Pinterest. That's fair. It's easy. Um, but yeah, so uh, you guys check out Wayward Manor. Um, back to the PR spin here. Um, so uh, back to the PR, like you're seamless. Back to the PR spin. Yeah, She's so, good at this. Let's call, let's call it what it is, guys. Uh, so because you gotta, the do, the, you gotta do the good things. Platforms, PC, Mac, time frame, coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> we'll release it when it's ready, guys. See, and, see how yeah, PR yeah, you that was. Yeah, and if you like it's a PR line of choice. Um, if you like, um. Uh, Puzzle games, adventure games, Neil Gaiman's type of that quirky, dark humor games. If you like being a ghost. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. This is the game for you. If you don't like those things, it's also the game for you. PR. Excellent. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Ozzy, why should I play Dual Destinies? Because it is a continuation of the Phoenix Wright series. Hold on. Why is it mature rated? 
You know what? I actually can't answer that because, because the law is not for kids. <laughs> because what are, there, I, are there boobs? No, no, actually, it's a Nintendo fact, game. In fact, it's actually well, it's Capcom. Well, it's Capcom but actually, it's it's pretty actually modest for compared to like a lot of the stuff I've seen. I guess because there's there is depiction of murder, you do see like bloody murder scenes and all that. But so it's that's very a little, that's a bit of a departure though, because a lot of times in Ace Attorney, you didn't actually you didn't you see the dead post, bodies and right, or anything like post. that. But it's very. It's nothing I'd call mature rated. Maybe give it a T rating, maybe, but it wasn't anything that bad. So I'm I'm actually honestly baffled as to why it has an M rating. You think that was Nintendo's call? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if they had no, any it's an SRB it. call. I mean, yeah, I'll, you submit. I, and... I will say that's that's probably why it's digital only. That's why it's only eShop, probably because I don't know if Capcom would have wanted to put an M rated Phoenix Wright title on the shelf on a store shelf. I'm wondering if Nintendo had some role in that because it just seems so such a weird call to be to give it that rating it, and it is out of left field and it doesn't it doesn't like really have like any foul language well, or anything rather like than that. belabor the rating mm-hmm. having played other ace attorneys what uh what's your take on dual destinies what are your objections well i object (laughs) the first thing to note right away is that it this is the series's debut on the 3ds and it makes a transition very well you're not looking at the game boy advance sprites anymore they are 3d models and this is probably one of the first games that i played where i had the 3d up the whole way really what did the 3d add the 3d actually in terms of like not just the character models, where they're they're positioned in such a way that the 3D actually works, but you actually do get the full anime cutscenes, and the anime is all in 3D. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool stuff. And this this isn't just like Phoenix Wright's coming back to the courtroom. This is more of like a tale of kind of everybody. You do get to play as just about everyone at one point, whether it's Phoenix, whether it's Apollo Justice, or whether it's the rookie the rookie lawyer, and I can't believe they named her this Athena Sykes, who's like this <laughs> who's like the the rookie lawyer psychology student who her whole deal is Dude, why are you down on her name she's just a, she's a rookie it's a little on the she it, didn't pick her name her parents did it, them. It, it's a little on the nose but then again there's a lot about ace attorney that's on the nose whether it's just the weird reactions like all the wacky anime uh, mannerisms and all that type of thing it hasn't always been keen for subtlety it really hasn't and it, in fact it's one of those love it or hate it type of deals where if you see too much of it then yeah it's going to start to kind of grate on you for a little bit but the good thing about that is you can at least save anywhere you can save at any point and come back mm. to it later so i thought that was a great feature of it i love the story like it's 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 phoenix coming back in the middle of kind of like a bad time where they're living under quote unquote the dark age of law, where the whole like <laughs> that <laughs> where, is so video game. Yeah, it's the exactly. Dark age of law. <laughs> exactly. The whole the whole idea is it's all based on results. It doesn't matter if you have to be an asshole. It doesn't have to matter if you're a crook who fudges the evidence. The only thing that matters is do you get the verdict that you're looking for, and that's that's the kind of world that it's in, and that's what, the whole thing about Phoenix right coming Interesting back. That and, that's sort of a distillation of the game, right? And it's just you know every- what I'm saying is it sort of reduces it sort of takes the now now the fiction mm-hmm. and makes it mirror what the game was because the right. game was get your verdict right exactly interesting and, and you're and you're still interesting and you're still looking for that verdict a lot of the classic elements are still there you're still looking for evidence you're still looking for contradictions in people's testimony uh, there is a new element where you take Athena and she's actually analyzing people's emotions. And what I mean by that is... Very L.A. Noir. 
kind of. You t- you you go into something called the mood matrix, and you look at <laughs> the certain- mood matrix. Come on, <laughs> and and you 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 start examining like maybe six six. Even Keanu Reeves didn't go to the mood matrix. Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you, you kind of you kind of take like six lines of testimony, and you start seeing like different emotions upon every corner, and you see what emotion those lines trigger. If you see okay. something that triggers an unexpected emotion, you're supposed to call them on that. And you're supposed to be like, well, I wasn't expecting you to be happy when you said this, but it's showing that you feel happy. Why is that? And then they go into like why they're feeling that way, and it starts to somewhat unravel their testimony a little bit. Hmm. It's like a lie detector test. Or a mood ring. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Or the mood matrix. (laughs) A mood matrix. (laughs) And if you're looking, and if you're looking for like those old those kinds of characters that are just so. Over the top weird. You're going to find a lot of that stuff. A lot of the old characters come back, but you're also going to see some of the newer ones like Athena and like and like the prosecutor who's a convicted felon. Hmm. That's one of the weird. That's one of the weirder things I ran into. And I ran into a lot of weird characters in this game. But that was the weird. That's one. definitely different. Yeah, it's you have I feel like the legal system usually frowns upon that. Like, like the guy like comes in in chains and everything, like conducts his prosecution from there. Oh, what? Yeah. And then like halfway through, halfway through almost every case, he I thought you meant like he came, he you know overcame adversary and like now he feels and, no 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 he's, he's still in jail. But, but, he's literally he's still in shackles. In jail. But he he also has an, an intense power of persuasion to the point that he can actually literally get the judge to like just so agree with whatever Jedi he says. As well, pretty much he plays Jedi mind tricks on the judge like the entire time and. How Halfway through every case, he breaks the chains, which is always so awesome to see. <laughs> and it's just like takes everyone by surprise. Everyone's just like, does oh. Dokken rock out right when he breaks the chain? Never mind. Oh, I, <laughs> see, I don't see what you're trying to do there. Old it, 80s music. Ah. <laughs> and uh, I guess that there's only really one dock I one one knock I have on the game. It's it's real. I understand that it's a visual novel type of thing. I sure. under, I understand that it's. It's a game that's all about words and it's all about text. There are certain instances where it feels like filler. Like you're just hmm. like, like they're just adding. Like they're trying to stretch it. Yeah, like they're they're adding like exposition that doesn't need to be there. And at one like point today, I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. What do you think about this? Yeah, maybe, like maybe nothing like quite that extreme, okay. but it's, it does feel like I'm you know, hungry. I just kind of brought it there. Yeah, it's it's something that I just kind of wish I could skip a little bit. I can understand why they do that at the end of every case because at the end of every case, they're explaining motives. They're explaining how we how right. how this how the twist happened, like that type of thing. And at that point, I can understand why I'm going through like a bunch of text without any gameplay input. So that part I get, but it it does get to be just a little bit much. But overall, I wouldn't call it like a huge dock in the game. I think if you're a fan of it, you're going to absolutely love it. So if you've never played the series... I think if you've never played the series, they don't do as good a job of explaining everyone's backstory. You get maybe mm-hmm. one opening cutscene of... Of, well, that's a shame because that's always one of the strengths of it, actually. Is... Especially with such bizarre characters. No, actually... like you'd want to know. Actually, I do take that back. Uh, maybe you don't get like exactly the exposition of what happened in the previous games. But the that the middle chapters actually do go into flashback mode. You're uh, playing cases that happened before, and you then it does explain hmm. why you reach the point you are. Why it, why are Phoenix and Apollo kind of on the outs? You start to you start to kind of get that explanation through the middle episodes, and I think I think it I think that part really works. I think I don't know. If, I think if you're a newcomer, you're gonna really you'll you'll kind of understand why it's why it's a thing because the characters are charming. I actually really enjoyed all the characters, and I came away with this at the end of it, but if there was like a Phoenix Wright anime, and I said this on Twitter last night too, if there was a Phoenix Wright anime, I totally get into it. Like it, it has 
it has a law and order there's vibe. nothing new about that people have been saying that now for but now that but years. now that i've actually seen anime cutscenes, now i actually want it that you want it even Dude, that much worse you want to yeah. do an aside real th- real quick sure this is just have you guys seen attack on titan yet not yet no oh my I saw you, god i saw you tweeting about it that it's it's an anime and so it's, it's also yeah. like 12 upcoming video games where did you watch it crunchyroll Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it's amazing. It's so dark and it's so violent and it's so fantastic. And Captain Levi and I are gonna make it. We're just gonna get together, get married, have a family. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. And what will your children go on to do? Uh, kill Titans. Okay. Yeah. Become space. Cool. Become space marines. So you, Wait, you, something else. You should give a little more detail as you're I don't, telling. No, no, because I don't want. I don't want to like. It's dark. I'll put. It's not a happy anime, but I don't want to say anything else because I went into it with like no expectations, and like that's how you should do it. Just trust me. They should watch. That, that's all. They should watch Attack on Titan on Crunchyroll. There you go. <laughs> same same deal with Phoenix Wright. If you've never played the series, and if you don't, if you don't know what to expect, just go in. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I think it it's. Because it, the text can be so lengthy, I think it, in some ways it is best enjoyed either when you have a lot of time, like maybe an hour before bed or something like that, or even just maybe get through a few lines at a time. But it'll it, it satisfies that itch for lawyering. <laughs> Very cool. I'm gonna bookend the show with uh, more next gen stuff. Let's do okay, it. Okay. So the other big issue that became that I I would have thought this would have been a bigger issue. I mean, remember when PlayStation Three was first shown? And they had the Batarang. Oh God, the Batarang controller! That 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 monstrosity. <laughs> like, Weren't they like anti Dual Shock? How, how do then, you mean anti Dual Shock? And it, it was not in the sense that it just wasn't a Dual Shock yeah, at all. Yeah, when the PS3 was launched, they're like, right, the six and axis. Don't everybody need demanded the Dual Shock back. It. it was it was six axis with no it was no shock, right? It was yeah. the six yeah. axis that was really lightweight and you could fly it around. But it was like the stance of Dual Shock is. Bad. We have chosen not to. I don't go think that they were route. saying bad. Well, they, 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 yeah. I feel like I feel like they were like the new generation is six access, six access. Right. The, that they were. They were very. They were very. Vibration is very. It's passe. Very the past. Yeah. And it's very passe. And it's we so funny. To, that. And it's so funny that a year after that, they're just like, oh my god, we're never leaving the Dual Shock name behind Shock again. It's Dual Shock Four now. It is. It is. PS4, will never abandon that name again. Shock. So, have either or both of you handled and played around with the Dual Shock Four? I have handled the DualShock 4, and it feels really good. And, Nicole, have you I had have a chance? Not. Oh. Mm. This, I've Xbox One'd. I've, you have Xbox One. I'm so happy that the analog sticks don't feel like they're going to break on my on my thumbs. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. So uh, a couple of things that came out this week. In an interview with VentureBeat, Sony's uh, Toshimasa Aoki answered some questions about mm-hmm. controller design. One of them was the design process that went into the DualShock 4 because the DualShock 4, if you trace the lineage of, of PlayStation controllers back, this is the first time that the controller doesn't look like it came out of the same mold, at least. you know, Even going back to the original PlayStation 1 controller, the PlayStation 1 controller, then DualShock, where they added the tool dual sticks to the center of the, of the controller. And since that time... That form factor has remained identical. You know, yeah. It stayed that way. There was light gray at one point, but other than that, they didn't And white change. Yeah. and red and blue. And yeah, exactly. But other than that, it stayed the same. They changed the internals around, six axis and then DualShock 3. So you ask him, you know, two things. They talked about, well, did you look at any other configurations? Because, you know, obviously there's been a number of folks that's divided, but there's a number of folks who really prefer the asymmetrical layout of Xbox. And he's talking about how they looked at that. They said, you know, yeah, we examined it. But they obviously decided not to do it. And I think what's interesting is that uh, <laughs> he said that tradition won out. Uh, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm, 
and I, and I'm going to actually follow this up in a minute and say that I actually I quite like the way the PlayStation 4 controller feels in the hand. I think that the fact that they spread it out a little bit and enlarged it and gave me a little more meat to hold on to, I actually I'm quite happy with where the sticks land under my finger. Yeah. But but answering that, <laughs> yeah we yeah we gave it some thought, but tradition won out because it's an interesting choice of words, if nothing else. Because uh, uh, symmetrical stick layout is in our DNA. Tradi- okay. Well, I mean, I can understand. Tradition should never be a a reason for holding back technology and holding back what the consumers want. I mean, I just feel like... And that's a big n- argument. P- that's not how tech works. That's not how co- consumerism works. It's... And, and whose tradition? Yeah. I would I would really rather them say, you know what, we looked at both of them and we know there's people who like both of them and this is the way the PlayStation goes because we feel this is the best playing experience. This represents yeah. our brand even would be okay Well, I mean, even me. represents, I mean, I think they are saying it represents their brand. I but mean, they chose that word tradition. tradition which is like, just, tra- yeah, tradition is a weird, it's a weird term to use because if, if everyone stuck to tradition, then we still have that giant Xbox controller. Like, oh my from God, that first the Duke? One. Yeah, that, gi- that ginormous thing. Or we and I bet there's still people who like the Duke. Or we wouldn't have Wii remotes. Like we would, we would never well, have a Wii maybe remote. Maybe that would have been for the best. Uh, I don't know. I'm remote. just being mean. <laughs> now the other interesting part of this interview with uh, Venture Beat went on to talk about the stiffness of the thumbsticks. Okay. Now I don't know. I have either of you ever thought about or noticed that the thumbsticks are noticeably lighter Loose on the PS3. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, there's absolutely. a lot more ro- ability to rotate than the Xbox. But I've... then no, than the PS2. Than the DualShock oh, and the PS2? I barely remember oh, the DualShock 2. I've never compared the rotatingness, but... And I'll be honest, I actually didn't play a lot of PS2 games. There, I maybe played like maybe about a couple dozen. I played a ton of PS2 games. Well, so in this interview, he assigns the cause of how the PlayStation DualShock 3 was set up to the Gran Turismo team. It says that yeah, we, you know, we configured the DualShock 3 with very light action on the sticks because that was the feedback we got from the Gran Turismo team. So now they've gone out to other teams, now that shooters are more prominent, among them be named off Naughty Dog, and talked to them about, you know, like, what should the sticks feel like? And apparently the balance, if you haven't had a chance to play this, by the way, if you don't know this already, there are PlayStation 4 demo kiosks now out in the wild across the United States. I don't know about uh, other regions of the world, but you should see if, if there's one available at your local retailer if you want to go out and check it out. Apparently the DualShock 4 balance is... In between DualShock 2 and DualShock 3, I think if you're getting down that that nuance, how many people really notice the difference? I don't think anyone... I, I certainly wouldn't remember. Wait, so if 4 is not a ramp up? 4 is is a firmer stick than 3, but looser than 2. And that's the thing. It's been so long since 2 that I don't think anybody really remembers. Yeah. We don't remember. And I had no problems with 3. Like, I wouldn't have... I mean... I didn't whatever. really like 3 that much. And a smaller dead zone. Oh, that's good. At least. I mean... It's nice when you have Killzone coming out, I guess, as your opening salvo. Right. Yeah. And and you don't you don't have any. You guys are not. You, you guys you are not at all. I, you I don't think have the, a lot. You don't have a lot else coming out either. Like Drive Club got pushed back to next year, and you're not going to get uh, Watch Dogs. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just not super psyched about next gen. Like, really? I, like no. when I was on the media side and and like in G4 every day, we were just like, oh my god, new next gen rumors, new next gen details. And like it was exciting to build up for it, but now that they're announced, I'm just really not excited for what they're offering me. And I think I've neither pre-ordered. And I think there's so much. Neither, you really? Yeah. 
Yeah, neither I'm, of them. Oh, I'm fully aware that eventually, probably by March, I will have both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in time for Titanfall. Yeah, but I just, just there's no con- there's no game that I have to play right away. And I mean, it's the holiday season and to buy my my parents presents. So I mean, you know, the budget has not been a lot. I mean, if I wanted them both, I would buy them both. But they're just, they're just I'm not mm. motivated to buy them right away. And I think there's so much to get excited about in current gen right now, like in terms of like when you got Batman Arkham Origins, South Park. Uh, Battlefield 4 and and Assassin's Creed coming to current gen also. Well, Call of Duty well, is current gen too. It's yeah. just like... Battlefield I will argue with you about right. because I think that Battlefield arguably needs I will, either PC or next gen hardware to run I, am, I don't I know am how their servers are going to be though. Like I'm very curious as to how the Xbox One and PS4 multiplayer servers are going to handle Battlefield. I'm not saying it'll, it'll be bad. Well, I mean, on Xbox, I'm just saying there's room for problems. Well, on Xbox One you know that every game is going to be dedicated server. I mean, that's part of the service that they're offering. How will it work? Which should work quite well. I mean, Battlefield for me is going to be a PC game. Battlefield for me is a PC game as well. And how great was that trailer? The trailer yeah, is pretty it, it, ridiculous. It's so good and emotional, and I have no idea why people are pretending like they care about that dog. Like, <laughs> well, now seriously? you're talking about ghosts. No, no. no the Battlefield no. trailer, there's like a, a millisecond where someone punches a dog. Oh, the dog. And so, yeah, that's What is it with be- this generation of dogs? Well, and why are we? I mean, there's a female oh, I, I character in Battlefield, yeah. and she has a prominent role, and she's and she's like, a, she's dressed like a soldier, and she's not dressed ridiculous like most female characters are, and everyone in the gaming community is talking about the dog, like that's what we're focusing on. I remember there being... were you could punch dogs in Battlefield too. It's not new. I just remember being really into the female soldier when I did the Call of Duty multiplayer event. I thought that was a really big <sighs> step forward. Yeah, but all the all the Call of Duty articles are about dog mocap. Yeah, it it has been all about dog, hasn't it? Sorry, I derailed the conversation. It's just funny. I just <laughs> think the whole thing's funny. All right, folks. Uh, it yes. Oh no, I was just gonna say like in terms of like the top five games that I'm looking forward to before the end of the year. I think like only one. What are the top like, five games you're looking forward to by the end of the year? Super Mario 3D World. South, Excellent choice. South Park. Uh, I'm on with that. Battlefield 4, which is probably the only one you can argue is next gen. Uh, shoot. Uh, Batman Arkham Origins and Assassin's Creed. So you're sticking Zelda. in there. I'm going to be cross my fingers and hope that Batman Arkham Origins Yeah, I think Batman is, is the one people are really curious I'm about. I'm very... I can't say I'm not a little concerned I about it. I thought it was very brawly. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Assassin's Creed had its big launch party here in Los Angeles this week, and they had it playing on PlayStation 4s there. And I have to say... That is a game that if you are going to get both consoles, at least for me, that's a game that for me, mm-hmm. as someone who's going to get a next-gen console, I will wait to play that on next-gen. Because mm-hmm. it really does look good on next-gen. Mm-hmm. I was watching, especially in the sea combat, oh, that looks really fun. I think it's really interesting how they turned Assassin's Creed from you know the stealth action game to where now the focus of this is being a pirate. Yeah. Open world pirate? Open world pirating. What? It's kind of cool. How long? What's the what's the half life though on Assassin's Creed in general? How much longer can well, we sustain? Changing it so much, yeah. This time, but what if they come back with a? So, are you ready for Assassin's Creed Five? Here's more pirates. No, because I'm not a huge pirate person, so I'm going to give Assassin's Creed Four the chance because I like the Assassin's Creed series. But they need to like, I need to go to Japan and be a ninja on like pagoda. What are they pagodas? Is that what they're called? They're they're the cool nin- nin- ninja or samurai. Ninja. Okay. Ninja. Temples. <laughs> Yeah, but they're okay. They're called that, but they're Do- called dojos. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I want to go to Japan and be a ninja, or I want to go to Egypt and be some kind of pharaoh ninja. Ooh, a pharaoh ninja! <laughs> a pharaoh yeah. ninja. Oh, by by the way, Nicole, as long as you're here, and I can't believe I didn't ask this until now. As long as we're talking about pirates and yeah. going overseas, how was Wind Waker? 
Um. So yeah, I'm. I bought the Wii U, the Windmaker oh, bundle. Yeah. I just. I, oh, I remember the unboxing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I just caved and bought it, and um, I hadn't played Wind Waker all the way through ever, and I just you know what i do not like the cartoony link oh I, so you didn't beat it i haven't i'm, I'm not given up on it i'm absolutely going to beat it i freaking bought a wii u for it um after pokemon i will go back and i will beat it um because i know how the story connects to ocarina and i appreciate mm-hmm. that but i just don't i know i'm a bad person but the cartoony style just ain't for me i think a lot of people had that idea when it first came out and it's really grown on a lot of people myself included. i, I hope it does i wish it had I don't like feeling this way about a Zelda property, but here I am. I don't like feeling this way. It's just tearing me apart inside. <laughs> it really is, though. It's uh-huh. so it's so tragic. Okay, we'll, ta- torn. We'll, we'll talk more about it next time you're back on. <laughs> Are you ready for finishing moves? Yep. Let's do them. Finishing moves. All right. I have a kind of uh, promotional, not self-promotional, but promotional finishing move, which is... There is a Kickstarter out right now for Retro, the multi-format throwback video game magazine, which has a number of really awesome editorial people who are also happen to be really good friends of mine working on it. Includes uh, Jeremy Parrish and Jeff Green and Andy Eddy and Kat Bailey and a whole bunch of more folks. And I'm just asking that you at least take a look at it. It's a pretty cool idea. The concept is to do a print magazine that also has a digital version to go with it. Uh, they're making assurances that since it is going to be kickstarted, that they'll have very minimal advertising. I think it's like a maximum of four pages of advertising in the whole damn magazine. They'll do 52 pages of editorial content. It's going to have a lot of editorial content in it. A number of people who have pledged to do great work on it. They're going for 50,000 bucks on their Kickstarter. I can be honest, having you know worked at Ziff for as long as I did, I have no idea how they can achieve what they talked about wanting to achieve on $50,000. But God bless them for wanting to try. God bless the folks who are into it because I think that it is a a really cool idea. I'd love to yeah. see this group of editorial figures writing together. And I wish that I had more time so that I could be contributing with them because I think it's a really cool idea. So and I'm a sucker for nostalgia. Love that kind of stuff. So yeah, you know, give it a look. It's called Retro, the multi-format throwback video game magazine. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And yeah. Go for it. Jeff Green would want you to come and help him because dad said so. Oz, you can go next. (laughs) Okay. Well, if you're listening to this show, Batman Arkham Origins has come out today, and I just want to urge everyone to go into it with an open mind because I know how tempting it can be to skip out on it because it's not rock steady. I, I understand that, but... There, there is, there is a chance for it to be, you know, halfway decent. Give it a shot because I think if I've learned anything from Call of Duty going from Infinity War to Treyarch is that even if you have the engine, it can still be the same magic. So really, I'm going to go into it with an open mind myself. I'm going to probably play it over the weekend and, you know, just going to hope for the best on this one because God knows I love me some Batman. So, Nicole, you can wrap us up. So positive. So, so so optimistic. I Definitely. There's one story that hasn't been told enough. It's Batman's origin story. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. I'm just being the Zing. worst. Give us more Batman <laughs> origin story, please. Can um, you do it with Michael Keaton? Come on. It hasn't been told as much as Spider-Man's origin story. Yeah, I, I know. I know it already. I don't don't tempt it them. Yeah, seriously. Um, okay, so a little more self-promotion here. Um, I just wanted to encourage everybody to follow at the Odd Gentleman on Twitter because it makes it look like I'm really good at my job. 
So do that. And uh, we were talking, Ozzy and I were talking about this earlier, how my favorite store, Hot Topic, doesn't get any love. So <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys that you guys should give Hot Topic a chance. There's a great superhero section, a really great Adventure Time section. There's a really great video game section. There's a Disney princess section. A Disney princess section? It's um, They have leggings. I'm so there. They have Little Mermaid leggings now, oh, which I know is your favorite. Of course. So uh, I just wanted you guys to give Hot Topic a chance. <laughs> I, I hear that the goth kids broke uh, burned it down. It's not goth anymore. It's like just, it's nerd. Yeah. I no, got a I'm, sweet I'm, postmodern, hat. Postmodern like nerd my, goth my, my, my South, reject? My, my South Park reference fell flat. Sorry. No, <laughs> that's funny. Sorry, guys. All right, folks. Uh, that's the whole big show for you. Uh, stick around. We have the tailgate coming up where Dave maybe has catapulted himself into the lead uh, through trickery, deceit, and payoffs. Sutterfuge. Yeah, there's something wrong here. I think he's cheating. I matter of fact, I know he's cheating. He's fixing games. He's doing something wrong. I don't know. You're you know cheating. He's disqualified. Period. He's disqualified. <laughs> End of it. Done. Uh, <laughs> thanks as always to the Atlantis Group here in beautiful Santa Monica. If you are recording voice over for a game or any other recording work, you should uh, talk to them. They have taken great care of us, and they will take great care of you. Thanks to Nicole from the Odd Gentleman. Hey. That's where I'm from now. I know. Welcome to uh, have you back soon, hopefully. Hopefully. Around, Come, next, around next gen time. Yeah. Uh, next week, Andrew Yoon will be here. Jeff Kanata will be here. Dave, who else is on the show next week? A, he's spacing out. Someone so. from space? Someone from <laughs> Space Ghost. All right. Ghost, ghost. All right, folks. Uh, if you're not sitting around for the tailgate, that's your weekend confirmed, and we are Ghost. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekend confirmed. All right. Joined by the uh, deceit man himself who has number tricked one. his way into the first place. He's number one in your heart, number one on the sheet. Uh, yeah. Dave, 13 and 8 with the ketchup. <laughs> 13 and 8 for you. Ketchup? Yeah, wait. So he was gone while he was getting married, so he had to like do uh, extra uh, picks to catch up. Mustard. That's where the magical power came from. I got married. You guys are all robbing me. You're robbing, you're robbing Ozzy and I. So Ozzy and I are like at a legit 12, 8, and 1. And then we've got Dave at 13 and, and 8, who's like... That's way more legit. Yeah. You, got, you still got one more makeup game. <laughs> no, that's it. I'm, I'm yeah, caught yeah, up. He's caught up. Wait, how can you be... Oh, yeah, right. Because I, I, I don't need tie skis. Damn it! Damn it! Pushing over here. For yeah. Th- thanks, you. Thanks, Houston. No idea. I'm all. We got Rich right at twelve, now. seven, <laughs> and two. Uh, Kanata's having a tough time, but he's back up to ten, ten, and one. Uh, and, and Nicole, you got to represent for the guests. Also, sure. Time. Seven, seven, guys. Seven and seven. I can read Great those drink. numbers. Seven and seven. That's what I drink seven in high seven. school. Uh, it's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I, I do love good seven and seven. Uh, so last week, let's see, Cincinnati, Dallas, and Indy came through, as did Pittsburgh. At least my Cowboys. Cowboys took care of business. That was happy. That uh, time. <laughs> two games in a row. That, that, that was a dreadful and, game, though. That was so was boring to watch. Not a pretty game. 
Uh, we have three games for you this week, uh, and they are interesting because we're going to start off with the carnival. And by that, I mean Washington plus 13 at Denver, RG3, going to be running around all over the place, slinging it to Garcon. They're going to be running their quick offense. So I, I'm expecting to see actually a lot of Roy Halu Jr., because he's in that set more than uh, Morris, so I mean, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, he stole three touchdowns from my fantasy team. Thank, and thanks, you know dude. what? I think that I think if you're looking fantasy wise, I would expect to see a lot of him this Sunday because they're going to be running that quick package, and he's the lead back in the quick package. Yeah. Uh, but that's a big number to overcome, Dave. You're in the lead, so you know how this goes. You got to go first. Yeah, Washington think, plus thirteen at Denver. I think Denver Denver handles them at home, but I don't think they're going to win by thirteen. So I am going with Washington. Going Redskins points. I think Denver wins, but Washington it doesn't matter. You just got to pick. You right. got you the Redskins and the points. By the way, Rich is uh, traveling today, so we have to have his we have his picks read for him. He's going with the Broncos. Uh, Andrea also going with the Broncos. Good reason not to go with the Broncos. But uh, the, that that guy who's tied down there, you know, a little bit below us, he went he went Redskins. He's he went Redskins. Uh, Ozzy, where are you headed on this pick? Oh, shoot. Uh, well, I've, I should have learned my lesson about Denver and large spreads a couple weeks ago with the Jaguars. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna 13 go... is not insurmountable. It's not. I don't think that Redskins defense is any good either. I'm going to go Denver. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, Nicole, you get to go last. It's um, going to be awesome. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Jamie, what's the studio vote? The studio vote is for Denver. I'm really struggling with this one because Denver at home you know, coming off a loss. I'm just really torn here because I think that, I think that Washington can score. I just don't know if they can score. I like, I called it the circus because everyone's been saying, Oh, they're going to be a bunch of points and all that. I just don't know if they can score at that clip. So I really depends on how, I mean, RG three played a lot better last week. It really did depends play, on he his did play playing. a lot better last week, but I think that this is a Broncos home game and that they're going to take care of business in a big way. And and they will win by two touchdowns or more. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. And I'm going to turn it over to Nicole. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people here kind of are echoing the sentiments that I agree with here. And that, that the Broncos really are going to have a strong game this week. And um, I think that, yes, their home their home team advantage is going to be um, very instrumental in their in their victory. I think that the Redskins have had, uh, they've been struggling, I, I, w- I would say. I think there's a lot of potential there, but it's not been fully realized. I think that it's going to be a close game, but I think that the Redskins are going to fall short. But will they fall short by more than 13? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. so, so you're taking the Broncos. Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, in the next game, I hate that you picked this one because it was the closest one because I really didn't want to pick this one. It's my Cowboys plus three traveling to Detroit. And Detroit is such a hard team to figure out right now. You know, they've they've had some flashes of brilliance. You know, you've got a couple of running backs there. Bush. Is, I, how long? Can you believe this is like this is the longest Bush has gone without getting injured, right? Yeah. I mean, crazy. and they've got they've got Bell and Bell looks really good. Stafford shows what he can do, but then on still have Megatron. They still have Megatron, who's been well, but it's that it's that it's that off receiver spot that they still have not gotten solidified, and the and the tight end position has been oddly you know disappointment for them as well. So, oh, I, but that but that dude can dance though. So. Yeah. Oh, you mean Faria? <laughs> yeah, Faria. Well, Faria, like he's like the second. He's the checkdown guy. Yeah, he's the checkdown guy who has you know like seven catches, but five of them for touchdowns, which is sort of amazing. You know what? Look, I'm not Ozzy, so I got to go with my Cowboys. <laughs> I always represent for my team, so I will take the three points despite being on the road against a good passing team. 
Cowboys by, by well, I'll take the three. I'm not going to say how much, by how much. I think like five or six. Dave, what are you going with? I'm going with Detroit. Although, um, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I, I'm hoping it's high scoring. Um, but we'll see. I, I got a feeling Detroit's going to pull it out in the end. Well, that's my phone. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. It's always one every week. <laughs> Jeff wasn't in, so. Yeah. Someone had to That was in honor board. of Jeff. And in honor of Jeff, Jeff is actually going with your boys, Dallas. Oh, wow. He's going with the Cowboys. <clears throat> the other two choices, though, Rich and Andrea, both going for the Detroit Lions. Ozzy, how about yourself? Hmm. I'm I'm having a hard time with this one too, but uh, shoot, I actually I actually don't think Stafford's that good. I think he keeps throwing into like really double, he keeps throwing into double triple coverage. He keeps throwing really dangerous passes, knowing that he has Megatron there to, to catch right? him. I mean, that is sort of the play. Is you <laughs> right. throw for him to go up and jump and get it. And I and you know I think I'm going to take your Cowboys as well, Jamie. Also on the Cowboys, and now Nicole wrapping it up with the expert. Inside analysis. You know, I really, I feel, I feel for your Cowboys, and I feel like yes, they've had some some rough times, and their offense and defense finally came through in the past few, you know, last game. And I think that there's a lot of potential there for them. But I really feel that the Lions' uh, offense is going to make a huge difference this game. And the questioning factor here is will their defense be able to hold the line? And I and I have a feeling they will. And I I think that Detroit Detroit's going to take it for uh, more than three. And that means Sue's going to get a bunch of sacks, and that's going to suck. It's true. It's scary. scary. Finally, uh, we have a. This is an interesting one because it's kind of a, a sad sack, oh, a sad sack pick. But it is an interesting. I mean, it used to be an interesting game. Yeah, it's always been always pretty good game, right? I figured it'd you be have the. Oh my God! Are they going to win a game? Giants plus five at the Eagles. Who? Uh, well, they I got their one last week, so they're hot right now, I, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of the Eagles either. So there you go, folks. Figure it out. Giants plus five at the Eagles. Take it away, Dave. Yeah, this one, I don't know why I threw it in there. I just thought it'd be kind of fun um, because they're both playing really weird football. Um, I wanted to pick the Giants, but Eli Manning has been all over the board this year, so I went with Philly Okay, for no rhyme or real reason. No rhyme or reason. Well, how about this? I'm going to go with the G-Men. As silly as that sounds. And here's why I'm going with the G-Men. So the Cowboys were able to take care of business. The, the, most, the, the one thing that for me as a Cowboys fan came out of the Cowboys-Eagle game was that we were able to handle McCoy. And that was big. Like being able to stop McCoy, who was the league's leading rusher up to that point, really stood out to me as a big thing. Now I look at the Giants. The Giants, although they have been poor this season, their defense has been able to stop running backs consistently. They shut down Adrian Peterson. Now granted, there was not much passing a good right. threat there, but they've been able to handle opposing teams running backs. If you handle McCoy, suddenly that puts a ton of pressure on the Eagles. They're uncertain at quarterback. They're uncertain about where to go with the ball when they are in their passing offense. I think that this is a good opportunity for the giants to, you know, maybe get that second win, feel good about themselves and <laughs> notch them up, man. Got to get save Coughlin's job. I think he's probably good for another year. He's probably good for another year. So anyway, Super Bowls. I'll take the Giants. Plus, I get five points. So I'll take the Giants and the five. Ozzy? This game's going to stink. Giants. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Straightforward. And the booth says, Jamie says, she's with the Giants. And then, Cole, you wrap us up for this week. Oh, Rich. Rich went oh, Philly. Rich went Philly and Andrea went Philly. So oh, all you. Yeah, that's right. Y'all on the Eagles. Flap those wings. Uh, <laughs> my turn? It is your turn. 
So, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting game because I don't feel like either teams have really had their, their head in the ball game. And it's just been it's been a struggle for, for fans of both these teams this season. And I think it's I, I think that we have potential to see a very interesting ball game because it's going to be a lot of weird choices from both sides. But uh, in, in the Giants, this is it's not their season. I think that they need to take a step back and and figure out what they're doing wrong and try to rebuild for next year because uh, the Eagles got this one and it's just it's going to be interesting or it's going to be one of the worst games of the season. Can it be any worse than last Monday? We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> All right, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, that your teams and adventures do well. If you're out enjoying a uh, holiday uh, a Halloween party, be safe. Take care of yourselves. Be good to everyone else. And we will talk to you again next week. Brush your teeth. <laughs>